0: The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation.
1: The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Cold Sleather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book
2: Chronicles.
1: (laughs) I am your host, Radicat, and you can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at NewsNozid on Twitter. You can find me at CBcaps on Instagram.
2: South Carolina
1: with Columbia down the way You know if we were hip enough We would have the show on TikTok But I'm not going to be responsible for that And you can also hear Those sound effects that just came through Come lovingly from our man in Brooklyn One agent underscore 70 On Twitter and Instagram
3: What's up everybody Now Sleep till Brooklyn
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah And you can find this here podcast on the Coles Leather Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this podcast on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coles Leather Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Going to bear with me for a moment for one second, folks. Well, I, I am going to bear with me for a moment. Okay, good. Cool. Um, you could also find us recording here every Thursday night, 9 30 ish p.m., on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation, uh, and also twitch.tv slash Comic Book Chronicles.
3: Uh, make sure to hit like and subscribe, and uh, hit the notification bell, and all that good stuff. And leave us five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Seafood so- plate. Um,
1: so, folks, tonight's show is um, is a goodie, like they all are. Let's face it, but uh, we don't have a what if uh, to to go through anymore because that's all done. We don't have anything until uh, well, I guess we don't have anything at all. Eternals, right? Yeah, Eternals and then Hawkeye. But regardless, but what we do have right now is, as we promised last week, um, Agent Seventy's recap of his uh, sojourn into New
3: York Comic Con from
1: last weekend.
3: Right. So uh, I only was I was only at New York Comic Con for one day. I, I, I declined to uh, go all four days. For good reason, you know I wasn't exactly enthused by the the guest list, and after hearing the the two major comic book publishers not show up, uh, the, those being um, Marvel and DC, and uh, Image didn't have a booth, and and there was just it was just a, a very much a scaled back version of New York Comic Con, obviously due to the pandemic conditions. Um, I didn't have the urge to. Uh, Or or the the the, I didn't have the urgency to um, go for all four days, so I stuck to my guns and went on Sunday, which is not the best day in the world to go because oftentimes guests tend to uh, leave before Sunday just to get out before the crowds, just to get out before uh, weekend travel becomes an issue, and um, you know, and I understand that, but at the same time, I feel like I could have done this show in a day if I'd gotten a Saturday pass. Uh, like a legitimate a legitimate uh, full day would have been sufficient for me to cover everything I needed to do and wanted to do. But, um, you know, I'll tell you that I missed out on getting much of anything actually autographed because I think I brought like a few Donny Cates comics and he had already vacated his booth. He was still in the con, by the way. He was still around the building. Doing things, but he wasn't at his uh, booth in Artist Alley uh, on Sunday. Um, I brought a few books for Donny Cates to sign, but, um, you know, that, that was pretty much it. But what I ended up doing in lieu of going to see, you know, the Marvel stuff, which at, normally they, they have a great booth and they always have creators uh, to have signed. Uh, even Midtown Comics didn't have a booth this year. Uh, sad to say uh you know there were several comic book retailers from the new york city area that did have booths but uh you know among them bulletproof comics royal collectibles st mark's comics came back you know has come back this year and um has reopened this year and they had a booth as well but um you know given that uh marvel and dc weren't around the big creators really weren't signing uh on the show floor but you know who did have a lot of space on the show floor they were the uh, animation and uh, manga companies, namely Funimation and Viz Media. Funimation, oh, and Toei Animation. And uh, I'll, I'll give some uh, some 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 images right now. And this is another reason for everyone to try to tune into our uh, video feeds on Twitch, on YouTube. Because I'm about to go through a couple of uh, images of my experience at New York Comic Con. So uh, I'm going to just jump in and start sharing uh, a couple of photos that um, that will show a little bit of what I saw. Um, I, I have not posted many of these on social media, but the one I'm going to start with is on my Instagram at... Uh, at at agent underscore 70 on instagram so just give me a second to share this photo and roddy cat is going to tell me for sure that this share is up uh,
1: um, it's well i see it on skype i do not see it on uh uh in the feed however oh no it is not in the feed uh it does not appear to be so sir so. That is not good. Yeah, but I do see it on Skype, so I'm not sure
3: what is going on there. That's odd. I'm going to turn on our Twitch feed and check that out. Bear with us, folks. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Unless, let me do something. Let me see something here. This would be weird if this worked. You know what? Let me not do that cause I'm.
3: <laughs> yeah, don't. I was about to say, don't make, don't, don't do too much because then if this doesn't appear, then I'll just, I'll just uh, describe things uh, verbally, and maybe uh, Roddy Cat will be able to enjoy some of these photos and see what I got to see. I definitely will. So, you know, here, you know, uh, you can see that the crowd on Sunday wasn't that big. They obviously restricted, um, they, they reduced the attendance, uh, that they reduced the number of badges, uh, slash tickets being sold for Sunday because of, uh, the COVID restrictions that are in place. Uh, the vaccine, you know, proof of vaccine was mandatory to get into New York comic con this year, which definitely drove some people away. Um, You know, good riddance, in my opinion. Uh, But um, you know, otherwise, I think anecdotally, I heard from creators that they actually, and creators and um, vendors alike, saying that they actually liked the 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 smaller crowd because it was just easier to get around. People weren't on top of each other. It just wasn't as hectic and crazy. I did hear that Saturday was kind of hectic and crazy. Here's another shot of um, the uh, one of the, the entrances to uh, Javits, and you could see that um, the crowd's not nearly as crazy. But this is also relatively early in the morning. The con opens at ten, and this was maybe ten thirty, ten forty. So you know, a bunch of people had gone in already, but at the same time, I think people are still kind of filtering in um again another shot of that uh let's see here oh this is a this is a booth outside this is the funimation booth outside uh for picture um it's a it's one of the one of the parks that funimation set up and uh you could get some free stuff if you're a funimation s- subscriber is one of the few times i got to i lucked out as a funimation subscriber I uh, I entered and got a, a, like a token for something, got some uh, free swag I'll show in a, in a minute. But um, let me rewind this and just jump around to this is a shot of uh, Agent Underscore 70 in front of the Viz booth online for some free swag next to uh, Midoriya Izuku from My Hero Academia. Let me jump around to oh the Toei Animation booth. So uh, there were picture opportunities for uh, you to get in front of us, uh, you know, basically life-size replicas of characters from Dragon Ball Z, and you could jump in, you know, I mean there was like a little area that you could stand in front of to take a picture with uh, these characters. There's um, Shenlong slash Shenron that is extending above i have pictures of this uh uh, later on but you could see that um there's a you could see in my in my gallery of pictures that show up you could see um ultimate instant goku here um from dragon ball super uh scrolling up oh here's a great shot of um uh, the volleyball anime that I love that uh, Ratty Cat hasn't watched yet. This is the from Haikyuu. This is a cosplay that I would do because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you just order the uh, the volleyball uniforms online and, and and put some sneakers and maybe some volleyball pads on, and you can dress up as the team from Haikyuu. Mm-hmm. So they've got the full six uh, six person team here. Um, I thought this was pretty cool. Hey, do me a favor.
1: Um, right. Oh, I'm
3: seeing it online. I'm seeing the pictures online.
1: Well, yeah, I had to do some jiggering, but... um, But, yeah, because for some strange sort of reason it's not coming up on Skype, so I had to kind of do a do a thing. Anyway, yeah, go back to a couple of those other pictures again. Not Which those, picture? Man. Yeah, the ones you were just talking about. Just kind of flash the room. So, okay. So that's the Dragon Ball Z one. Right. Wish that would
3: have been cool. I would have have I loved to have... Um, <laughs> I'll take a picture in front of that. hmm Yeah, that was cool. Uh here's the Haikyuu team. Is that like Samurai Vader? Okay, yes, you oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll get back to the samurai Vader. Samurai Vader. Yeah, this was um some life sized stuff that you could buy, which is uh su- stupendously expensive. I bet. Uh, let's see. Let me go up to, oh, here's the, um, that, that was it, that, that tech on. Oh, that yes. tech on stuff, tech on Avengers. Right. So this is a, a, a sample of the tech on Iron Man. That is, uh, that is, uh, going, that is, I guess, in production or about to go into production mm-hmm. from Bandai. I wonder if they're probably
1: already out. Cause I feel like I've seen the dis- we talked about us in a display on those. Right.
3: Uh, this is one of the more uh, cool ones that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't recognize this, but a lot of people did. Powdered Toast Man! Right. I had no idea who that was, but I thought it was a really well-done set of costumes.
1: Mm-hmm. From, from Brittany Stippy, of course.
3: Got it, got it, got it. Listen, that's beyond my, uh, <laughs> that was beyond my recognition. I was just like, uh, I don't know what that is, but that looks really cool. Can I get a picture? You know,
2: <laughs> right? Which
3: happens a lot at New York at, at at any con, but especially at New York Comic Con because it's so big. True, that we we're we're bound to see things that we don't recognize. And obviously, with my anime uh, exposure, there's a lot less that I don't recognize now. At least in terms of the popular stuff. Like here's from My Hero Academia. Here's a uh, Bakugo and uh, Deku. Deku and uh, you know, Midoriya Izuku. Uh, a little bit of gender swapping here on the Midoriya. Nice uh let's see here uh let me just flip through to oh here's some more uh dragon ball cosplay uh uh uh, from the toei animation booth the uh the ape uh vegeta which was gigantic and towered and obviously was a big photo op for lots of people i have no idea who that person is in that photo i just happened to walk by (laughs) when it was a good photo op uh let's see here Um, box set. Um, Oh, here is you know, here's a nice little display from uh Demon Slayer talking about uh Demon Slayer being a really popular cosplay. You can even see here in this image, there's someone in the green and black checkered in the bottom right, of course. That green and black checkered Haori from the that that is um what the, the the main protagonist of the anime uh uh Tanjiro Kamado wears. Um This is um, a Demon Slayer uh, booth for collectibles, you know, lots of, uh, I think, Tomashi Nation style um, uh, action figures here, you know, that are, you know, like and collectibles, you know, that are some priced reasonably, some priced on the expensive side because of uh, how detailed they are. Mm -hmm. But uh, lots of Demon Slayer at the con this year. Uh, let me see. Let me get moving a little bit. I did see. Oh, this was a nice Doctor Strange.
1: Okay, there's a Captain Carter. And,
3: yep. Doctor yes, Carter. I will. I will. I will pull up that Captain Carter in a second. Mm-hmm. All right. So this was a nice Doctor okay. Strange. Uh, let's see. This was from um, a horror movie, apparently. Uh, Midsummer. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it, but I definitely had to take a picture because I thought it was so well done. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Okay.
3: All right. Uh, Let's see here. There's a group of characters that decide to jump in. It was like carnages with Mario and Luigi and Wario Hmm. and a Spidey in there to boot. So, you know, these are just rando people that, you know, jumped into the photo. And MCU Spider is Spidey at that. Yes. Uh, let's see. Here was the the, the Miles again who's uh, mixed with uh, Spider-Punk. Mm-hmm. That one's cool. In an like action, that. Yeah, in an action uh, uh, pose. Um, I'll pull up that Captain Carter I saw. Here's a Captain K- Carter. Mm-hmm. Which was I was I was happy to see this. This is done. This is well done. Yeah, I, I suspected that one was going to show up. I didn't see very many. Mm-hmm. I only saw one. I saw maybe another one that I saw in passing. Just didn't have a chance to take a photo. Gotcha. But uh, but again, this is a Sunday, so a lot of people do their cosplays like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Maybe take Sunday off if they even show up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and, and given that that character is kind of relatively new. You know. Oh, it doesn't matter. As soon as they get, what as I'm saying people, is, the, right. the
1: people had, a, had a chance.
3: As, to yeah, I was about to say, as soon as people get an image, they will start cosplaying. Oh, and oh, here yeah. is a gigantic group of Demon Slayer cosplayers. Nice. You know, they all. They, you know, there is a, a ton, a ton of Demon Slayer out there. Of course. So they were all up in that. And um, that's generally, you know, that's the, the bulk of it. Oh, here is that, um, this is video of that, um, yeah. that Biggie statue yeah. that is that went on pre-order today. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you can see this. I, we won't let the video play, but, um, but uh, you can see here. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was a, before it starts playing and gets us a, a copyright ban because I think there's music playing in the background of it. Oh,
1: okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's right, because that goes on um, pre-sale today, actually, as
3: of yes. recording. Yes, here like, okay. is that... Here, yeah. Remember I said before there was a Shenlong, Shenron mm-hmm. image that I had? Here it is. Okay. Nice. This is the full image from that photo op with Dragon Ball Z, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. And I think the last thing I'll show before I move on to the goodies that I got is a little bit more Demon Slayer. Actually, some Star Wars.
2: Let me, yeah. let me end
3: on some Star Wars. Wait, this
1: is, is that... Oh, that game you Force is also... Uh, um, oh, nice. Okay.
3: Yeah, so here's some cool... There's a Nightwing, uh, a <laughs> Dormelage, an Ahsoka, and I presume a Hera? That's... Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I love that the Hera and the Ahsoka integrated their face masks into their cosplay. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah, the Ginyu Force. I forgot I forgot their names, the the the, the, the posing guys, that's how I was thinking. that's what I was thinking of. I'm assuming that's supposed to be a Koye
1: specifically, but yeah, you could you know, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean I yeah, exactly. Without really you know, right. without really knowing that they were going for Okoye. Right. It's just, you know, it's Adora. So mm. um but it's cool. Yeah, so here's the Ginyu Force. Here's another photo op at the Toei Animation booth. I would totally be so, right in the middle of them and be like... <laughs> of course. So so bottom line is, I'm going to stop the share now and get to some of the stuff that I that I was able to get my hands on. Um, bottom line is, with Marvel and DC not having boots at all on the show floor or in the con at all, uh, I think that ReadPop, the company behind New York Comic Con, Decided to give Toei Animation and Funimation more room to play with on the show floor, and the the bulk. And you saw how these how 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 much space you could think about how much space these photo op uh, uh, statues take up. Mm-hmm. So I heard from a lot of people; they were surprised that Toei, you know, the Dragon Ball they called it the Dragon Ball area. It's the Toei Animation area. But the Dragon Ball era got so much space at the front, you know, basically front and center of the show floor. But I understood because it's popular. Right. It's something that's going to draw lots of people to them. That's going, and to, be a, that's going to be especially a big, with a photo op, you know, opportunity, it's, there's going to be a crowd of people standing around waiting in line, basically, to take their photos.
1: Mm-hmm like I said that that's going to be a bigger and bigger thing. Like I'm it's a bigger thing now because the big two were that weren't there, but I'm pretty sure that even if they were there, this is going to be a still going to be a big big thing.
3: Right. And 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 traditionally they've always had a presence, but obviously with um with the with, with Marvel and DC not taking up any floor space at all, there's just more room for the anime and the manga to 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 come in. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you that I was online at Viz and well I can tell you that the, the figure arts, the uh, the Demon Slayer figure arts thing that I stopped at, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn off my uh, my virtual background so this stuff shows up a little bit better. But uh, just bear with me a second, folks. So this is like a little portfolio for Demon Slayer that I got from Tamashii Nations. Right. So, you know, it's just, you know, it just holds paper. Holds documents, but it's kind of cool for like, you know, kids who are like in school and whatnot. Uh, I did happen to see um, uh, a professional artist that I'm that, that I'm friendly with. His name is Brian Kong. He does uh, sports card art for Tops and, and, and other companies. And this is a print uh, that he did that was um, inspired by the Once Upon a Time in Queens 30 for 30 documentary about the 1986 New York Mets. And I made sure to get this. This is a con exclusive. This is pretty fun to see. Um, uh, like I said, I got lots of free stuff from uh, some of these booths. You know, some free posters. The one that's worth looking at is obviously the Demon Slayer one. This might actually go up uh, in the home office because it doesn't have um, on it From Viz Media, like an advertisement, you know the advertisements on the back. Right. You know, I got some other stuff from the Viz Media booth. Some other like posters, like um, for Bleach. It's on my list of my of anime. Yes. All right. So I'm not familiar with Bleach, so I couldn't help you with that. Uh, uh, another one for, uh, I guess, the next chapter of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure: Golden Wind. Oh
1: yes, with uh let's see this.
3: Yeah, this is for manga because this is from the Viz booth. So mm-hmm. this is for uh, Shonen Jump, you know, people to subscribe to Shonen Jump so that they can read the latest chapters of the manga online. Mm-hmm. Um, some more free stuff. You know, the Viz Media booth was, was was pretty cool. They gave away uh cool stuff. Like they gave away one piece the pirate recipe for meat on the bone. Um the recipe for meat on the bone is is on the back of this little card here. Uh Tokyo Ghoul is not on my list yet for uh anime, but uh, they gave away I think this is Funimation. Um I could be mistaken though. But this is a folding mask for Tokyo Ghoul. Have you ever watched this? No, but I know people will really like it. Okay. So I haven't put it on my list yet, but I think I'm going to uh, add it shortly.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but yeah, that's like a folding mask for one of the characters uh, uh, there. Uh,
1: right. Oh, and also that uh, that Golden Wind is not the latest season, it's the last season.
3: Oh, the last but, season, okay. Yeah, basically. All right. Um, yeah, speaking of JoJo... Uh, bizarre adventure golden window oh, part five i guess it's the last season yeah so you get this little bomber uh, uh glider that you can put together you know you can punch it out and fold it and and, and uh create a <laughs> glider and haven't seen those in a while yeah <laughs> talk about you know talk about going retro right right um uh, i think this yeah this is from the tamashi nation so i ended up getting something from tamashi nations i got this cool little fan oh nice You know, which, you know, which didn't really come in handy, but it's kind of cool just to kind of stash at your desk just in case you ever feel, you know, the need to have just a little bit of fanning.
1: Yeah, it's not one of those big fold-out ones, like the ones that you see in the movies, that go, you know.
3: Yeah, right? But that's that's, that's basically Um, a church fan. (laughs) Right, exactly. It is a church fan. Viz had the spinning wheel that you could get um, pins from Mashley. Familiar, does, does that ring a bell An, uh, a, a manga so yeah you could get a pin you know I got a free pin from Mashley um, hmm. let's see here there's not much left before I get to some of the the, 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 the purchase items I got a a Frieza like uh, uh, that's not a pendant what is it called like a, one of those tokens that, that you can tie to your phone Oh, like a charm. Charm! That's yeah. it. I couldn't remember what the name what, what, what these things are called. But yeah, I got a, a Frieza charm. I'm like, oh great. Frieza. Frieza! <laughs> uh all right, so I will get to the purchases because that's pretty much it. You know, I got a couple of lanyards from Funimation. Uh that's pretty cool. Oh, you know what's funny? So one of the lanyards you got from I got from Funimation, I gave it to a buddy of mine. I I thought it was defective, but it turns out it's a water bottle, hold, water bottle holder and the rubber ring at the end of it is flexible so that you can put it around like a Poland Spring bottle mouth oh. and carry and carry it with the lanyard. I was gotcha. like, oh, that's what it is. That's actually actually, pretty, I actually had a picture cool. of it in my yeah. gallery before. Right. So in terms of purchases, I did get the exclusive. We ha- I saw we had an, uh, an article on this in the news earlier. I did get the Son Goku Kaioken. Uh, super saiyah jingota uh, uh, oh, nice. SH, uh, shf figure arts action figure mm-hmm. you did say you were you were gonna um gun for yep. it yep <laughs> yep yep and i did I, I did get a reservation for it so i i was guaranteed one and i got it and it's pretty cool i haven't opened it yet but i'm gonna put it up on my shelf behind me at some point mm-hmm. but oh, it's pretty cool, cool. Yeah. and it's a reason to ble- you know, for, for for one of these more expensive figures, it's relatively reasonably priced, so it's not terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah I saw the price on it. I don't know if it's the same as what you got it for, but yeah, it's sixty dollars Yeah, it's it six bucks. Okay, yeah, yeah. sixty bucks.
3: Yeah. I saw I saw that's the that's the general price, but mm. um you know, for the for people who are pre ordering it now. But I, I don't have to pre order, I got mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you, were, you 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 went straight to the setup. You know? And uh, in terms of the artist, as I said earlier, the artist alley was kind of bare in my opinion. But uh there were a couple of artists that um that were that I saw that I recognized and were cool. Uh the first one is um Agnes Garbowska. She does uh Tiny Titans and 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 stuff like that. And the best print that she had was, of course, Demon Slayer related. So this Nezuko is gonna go up on my uh office walls and uh shortly. Oh nice. I love her stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. And more Demon Slayer stuff because, you know, that's just like the rage nowadays. So <clears throat> it's an artist that I actually knew that I met um, as he was coming up uh, through uh, the School of Visual Arts here in New York City. I met him at a comic book store and I've touched base with him a couple times at since. but his name is Crease Lee. He had a short story in the Marvel's. Voices Identity book. It was the uh, Jimmy Woo story. Okay. And he also had a Demon Slayer print for sale that I picked up that, I'm, that I'll put up in the office behind me um, for display. So sorry for the ring light reflection, folks, but um, it's a pretty cool print. So that's essentially what I picked up. It was overall an, an OK experience for the first pandemic New York comic-con the hope is that next year you know the talk is that next year they're going to go back to full capacity that's obviously contingent upon many factors including the progress of the pandemic hmm. but in terms of in terms of uh, you know what you could get out of it i think i got out of it what i needed and wanted you know despite the fact that i got you know that i was only there on a sunday and it's obviously the kind of the worst day to be there um You know, New York Comic Con has done a a good job of programming Thursday to be more attractive. And I'm wondering if maybe I should get a Thursday badge if Saturday badges don't uh, don't go come through next year for me, if they are still doing a somewhat reduced um, uh, 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 a reduced attendance level. I would also say that, you know, if not Thursday, Friday, as opposed to uh, bailing for just the Sunday. I think Friday would be the day to, to try to go and just take a day off and just go on a Friday if Saturday doesn't come through right. because I think that ends up being the next best day to be at the con. So, you know, that, that's a, a little bit of a live and learn mm-hmm. uh, for me this year.
1: I was about to say, Saturday, you, 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 you're generally right about Sundays, but also Sundays is also a good day if you go in there for a specific purpose, as in <laughs> shopping for deals. Like because mm-hmm. we talked about the, at the uh, after the show last week, which we both noticed having you know kind experience. But yeah, for, for, exactly. for pretty much anything else, yeah, it's not a great day to go. But yeah, if you're just going there hunting for some deals or and you know whatnot, that's a better day to go than none.
3: Exactly. I mean. If, if what you're looking for is actually there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, some things, some, things, some things get snapped up earlier in the con and they don't restock. True. Uh, which can be a pain in the neck. But if it comes down to it and you're able to kind of wait things out and swoop in at the last second, that's essentially what you're doing, right. then great, Sunday's, you know, Sunday's a good deal. And I know that some people did, in fact, make the most of their time on Sunday and got some really good deals. So... I think overall it was a good con experience. I think anecdotally and personally, I can say that the crowd level was manageable. You know, Sunday was sold out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, uh, they had extra tickets, you know, for sale, um, on the day of. Gotcha. And they had plenty, you know, that, had, had plenty of room for people to walk around, which is great. And, you know, we'll just see how things go next year. And, you know but we'll just have to see how we'll just have to see how everything develops we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes next year that's that's the the best thing i can say is for my first con during the pandemic times it turned out to be okay you know scaled back as it was you know i got what i wanted out of it and it definitely helped that i was more familiar with anime stuff Now, Hmm. than I would have been pre-pandemic because I think I would have been much more disappointed had it not been for my anime journey over the course of the pandemic, because I think I would have probably spent more time complaining about the lack of things to do and see.
1: So I guess if there was any saving grace to this pandemic, if there was one, is that uh, Agent Seventy started down the road to anime. <laughs>
3: well, it's yeah, it's my anime journey, you know, because it's yeah. not like it's not like I've been I haven't been down the road. It's just that it's a continuing journey into stuff that you know has come out since Battle of the Planets, you know, sure. slash Gotcha Man, you know, yeah. and Voltron. So. You know, it's not like the journey, you know, the journey took a long, long, long hiatus for me. <laughs> but uh, but 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 at the end of the day, you know, it was to my benefit to 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 kind of uh, to learn about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I joked about 2015, I think it was. I want to say it was 2015 or 2016, where I finally caught up on Game of Thrones. So I finally understood all the Game of Thrones cosplay. So now I started to understand and recognize all of the anime. Co- well, not all. Yeah, scratch that. Check that. The more There's no the way more. I'd recognize all the anime cosplay, but in terms of the popular ones, mm-hmm. especially Dragon Slayer, because it's so Demon Slayer that is, mm-hmm. because it's so well, it's relatively easy to, to 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 do. You know, you don't have to be in the best shape to do it. Right. So that's you know, it's it, it's 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 cosplayer friendly in that way. mm Hmm. So, you know, there's lots of Demon Slayer out there. And, uh, you know, the next con that you go through, Roddy Cat, don't be surprised to see tons of that stuff if oh. you haven't caught up on the anime yet.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm, I, w- I wasn't surprised now, even uh, even not going having gone through that. Yeah, you know, like the, I know anime has gotten bigger and bigger every every year. And definitely those were going to be there. The, the more popular stuff like Demon Slayer. And, and you know, I'm surprised there weren't much uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and stuff like that wasn't weren't there. Or Fire Force, which I don't think. Wait, have you even? You have not. You're not touched on Fire Force yet. So
3: no, I haven't done Fire Force yet. It's not on my list, but I did have one of my uh, my uh, uh, one of the members of my anime <laughs> advisory committee did mention I should go. I should look into Fire Force. I know that uh, one of my friends, um, who, whose picture showed up in the gallery, did uh, the the mentor in from Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh yes, yes. Um, um, I forget the name, but the mentor—you uh, know, the yes, guy who war- who, who walks around uh, with his eyes covered—he mm-hmm. did that particular cosplay on. I want to say Saturday.
1: Yeah, that so one's there was definitely some jujutsu kaisen there. Okay, yeah, that one's definitely a popular. Uh, start the. What's this, Goken? Goken or something? I can't remember the name of it, but I know who you're talking about. So,
3: <laughs> but you know, but, but in terms of in terms of my personal cosplay, I like the Demon Slayer because like i said you don't have to be in the best shape to pull it off you just have to get the the equipment you have to get the costume you don't even necessarily need a sword you know but they you know it's always people there's always booths that sell like uh, prop swords you know that you can get in and out of the con easily because they're foam oh absolutely or plastic and uh you know that's you know there's a big market for that stuff and Uh, You know, and Haikyuu, the picture, you know, the the, the volleyball team I showed you, you that picture, that's definitely something that I would do because that's just fun. That's just a fun costume because it's just a volleyball uniform.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: So, you know, all in all, I thought it was a good uh, experience for the first Pandemic Con uh, in New York. Well, the first New York Pandemic Con. There have been other smaller ones, but I haven't gone to any of those yet. Gotcha.
1: And yeah, we're pretty much nearing the end of con season anyway. So mm-hmm. this is pretty much New York. What Baltimore? You no, know, that's pretty much the end of that. Usually ends up marking the the end of con season.
3: Probably a few yes. smaller
1: ones, like you said, sprinkled
3: around. Hmm. Yeah, Baltimore, I believe, is next week or this mm-hmm. week. Is it? I thought it was two weeks after. Well, no, after, it depends on the calendar, right? Uh there's been there have been times when uh, it was a week later, and there have been times when it was two weeks later. So I'm just going to consult the Googles and see what it says about Baltimore Comic Con this year. Right. So that yeah, 22nd to 24th, so it's two weeks. Okay, so yeah,
1: cool. And as we said earlier, folks, if you are um, listening to the audio version of this here podcast, you should very much check out the video version for so uh, for you know for that bit. Uh, yeah, there
3: was some good stuff there, so you definitely check it out sometime. Right, and it was just a Sunday, folks. You know, mm-hmm. I saw plenty on just a Sunday. It was just a, the basically the shortest day of the con. Yeah, and you putting some of that you putting uh, that up on your Instagram or some of it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I have to I have to curate it and sort it. Yeah. So look out for
1: this Just you know what check out his Instagram anyway because I know he's doing Ink-tober. um so do that anyway
3: and if I'm, up to date. To some- I'm up to date on Inktober. Nice. I, oh. I did I did a quickie drawing today uh, after dinner mm-hmm. and I knocked out two drawings today because I, 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 I skipped yesterday so I knocked out two drawings two quick drawings today so I'm up to date. Nice. So yes and you should
1: definitely check that out at instagram.com/ agent underscore uh, 70. That being the case. We are going to move on to the comic books of the week, unless you got something to in, in, in passing to... No, 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 we're good. Okay, yeah. So we'll go on to the comic books uh, real quick, or quickishly. Uh, and so we said we were going to start off with...
3: Sad to see this go. Immortal Hulk number 50. So the creative team on Immortal Hulk number 50, this is the last time you're going to see this group of names put together. You know, uh, according to Al Ewing. So <laughs> yes. it's written by Al Ewing with art by Joe Bennett, inks by Rui Jose and Bellardino Bravo. Well, it's pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Rui Jose and Bellardino Bravo, uh, colors by Paul Mounts, and inks by uh, and letters that is, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So we're finally getting to the culmination of Al Ewing's fifty issue journey. That has taken us through some trans, you know, some some body morphing, body horror uh, uh, times and, and images and and uh, personality separations, uh, you know, amongst the the various altars of the of, of the of Bruce Banner and the Hulk, and you know now we've gotten to the grand finale, the big confrontation with. Uh, the leader, which is basically spanned over uh, issue 49 and 50. And we get to this point in the story. And um, I want to say it's kind of anticlimactic because the payoff is there, but I don't know if it's the payoff everyone expects because it's not exactly a knockdown drag out fight. It's not like that at all. You know, there's there's elements of that here. But it's really not central to the conclusion of Al Ewing's story. You know, we start off with kind of a, a, a twist on the the origin of both Samuel Stearns, the leader, and Bruce Banner, the Hulk, and their possible um, their possible uh, connecti- you know their possible connection uh, going back many many generations at this point. You know, did, how did you, what did you think about that from uh, Ohio in nineteen o one? You're on mute, Roddy cat So yeah,
1: that part was kind of interesting. The the the, the tying together of um, the leader and the banner, well, banner and 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 the leader's family histories. I almost was like, wait, so they're suggesting that. Um, that um banner is not banners but but a sterns First, i know i know that's not where they went but i was like wait a minute is that where they're going with this is like
3: oh you mean when it, right 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 I, at least at the beginning right 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 that, that, that they were at least more they were actually related by blood and we find out spoiler alert that that's not necessarily the case right
1: uh, but there were some, uh, there were some uh, improprieties in the uh, in the history. But that also, like uh, like I said, kind of started their histories together. I'm like that part was kind of interesting. But that was but what I was gonna go back and say before that was that we weren't really sure what to expect coming into this uh, last issue. Um, and this, if this series has told us anything, is that not really sure what to expect, um, much less a big, you know expected uh knockdown drag down fight, although you you would kind of feel like there should have been what? Which is right. probably why people are disappointed and, and understandably so, I guess in certain places. But also subverting expectations is what this book's been doing since the beginning. So we right. go, go so far as that. But yeah, that whole history thing was like kinda of weird, but also was like, okay, so where are they going with this? And they kinda of went somewhere with it. it, was not to give it give anything away, but that part was like, okay, so what? <laughs> like, I get it. The, the 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 demons started way back then, um, in a, in a way, uh, and, and of course it was, was spoiler alert. It was over a woman, you know, um, so. Uh, but outside of that, i was like, okay, so what does this mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so what particularly does this mean? And and the while the book kind of took a length to go a certain like take it a certain place and uh as agent 70 said before the show there was like the the all of the biblical references started making when well, i started but they've been making but you know
3: they they kind of summed well, up. well they the made sense. much more yeah they right. made much more clearer sense exactly. we had a gist of what al ewing was getting at here you know with obvious uh uh references and connotations with uh uh the the you know the the green door leading to hell or at least a version of hell mm-hmm. and you know one of the many hells that are in the marvel universe and you know ultimately we got to see the culmination of that theme and that idea that had been woven throughout the pages of this book so i think it's going to take me a little time to kind of digest how this all ended yeah i might need uh, a skin you know like because i you know I read this. I actually read it slowly to try to absorb it. Mm -hmm. And I got what was going on. I definitely understood that uh, to a certain extent, Al Ewing has to put the toys back in the toy box. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of where we are at the end of this. Although there are a couple of characters that have seen changes that at least have lasted beyond the pages of this book. Maybe those changes will last through the end of Gamma Flight. I think GammaFlight ended this week also. It did and I I will
1: get into that because let's just say they kind of dealt with that also.
3: So, um so bottom line is I thought that uh you know, this was a, an interesting journey and review of Bruce Banner his his origin, how his origin has played into what the Hulk is and what the Hulk has become and how the Hulk acts and what the Hulk actually does and doesn't do. And, you know, there's definitely some, some strong undercurrents of not necessarily religion, but faith, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, you could, you could say, you know, there, there, there's some religious undercurrents as well, because, uh, but but I, I I see it as much more of a broad, you know, in in, in much more broad strokes, you know, the the concept of uh, uh, of of uh, strength and the the value of mercy and forgiveness, you know, which is universal amongst all the the faiths and religions that are out there. So uh, I really you know appreciated that. Oh, so shout out to Brooklyn, New York, and the sirens out in the. Uh, hmm. You know that, that that sounds like a seventy siren for real. I know, right? I
1: feel like Hill Street Blues is about to come on.
3: Yeah, for real. That is that is not a legit NYPD siren. Um, so I'm not sure what that is. That, that might be like a ambulance service or something. Mm. But, but um, bottom line is, I thought that it was a a, a, a decent, not great. Because I think I need to reread it again, even though I did read it slowly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a decent conclusion to this story, and as I said, it puts uh, the Hulk and Bruce Banner uh, in position to, you know, continue their stories in the Kate's series that's coming up. Right. So I'm going back to something you
1: just said about uh, the nature of the Hulk and who and what he's supposed to be like. I was like, okay, finally, we're gonna. I guess they're gonna. They're gonna necessarily make a do a nice little neat little retcon here and and actually give uh give the hulk some sort of status purpose and it doesn't feel like again this is why i need to probably to to run it back and read it again because just like you i was like i you know i'm i read it fairly slowly you know Mm because usually especially this book is not necessarily dense but it's like you kind of gotta you kind of gotta you know take it take it uh take it in uh, as you, as you,
3: it's an exercise issue, it's a gigantic issue, exactly.
1: It's like, 80, 90, so this like is 89 not, pages,
3: right? This is not, you know, folks. This is not if you, if uh, if you happen to pick this book up in physical form, uh, I did just give me a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those like kind of like old school trade paperback style size, you know, where there's a binding.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, wow, okay. So this no, is no, not no. a small comic. Right. And this is all Hulk story. There's very little filler at the end. Right. There's no, very just. little filler at the end. Right. No
1: backstory. No. No other little section Yeah. Yeah. No
3: back. Yeah. No backup story. Yeah. There's there's like an extended letters page and a couple of pages for uh, Alex Ross to show uh, um, art. You know back. Uh, which we call it. Uh, cover like art. sketches mm-hmm. of uh, cover art. mm Hmm.
1: But like I said, once I got to the whole nature of the Hulk thing, I was like, okay, so we're gonna get to something. And I don't feel like they actually—they still kind of left it open. They didn't really—they didn't really nail down anything on that. I was like, yeah, you know what this is. We know what this is, what it is. But they still, know. and maybe that's something Kate's uh, Kate's run is going to go into. I don't know. But I figured, like we were—you know—you you're gonna put all, all that out there and um, go through it. So it was like, all right, fine, we're gonna get something. And then when the one all above showed itself. I'm like, okay. Are we supposed to know who what
3: that is also? Outside. Well, I mean, guess. that's a that's a traditional Marvel character. That's supposed to be the embodiment of God. You know, if it's not Jack Kirby, you know. And I suppose You know, it's Jack Kirby if it's in the pages of FF, right? But um uh you know but it's supposed to be the embodiment of god in the marvel universe and ultimately i thought that they answered the question of what the hulk is because the hulk is the sum of his choices you know he's not yeah. he's not there as an engine of destruction right but he can be strength and he can be mercy sure you know at the same time so that's really you know that that's that's the that's what i took out that's what i took from it mm. is that you know it's you know, and there's the religious and the and the faith-based undercurrent that's that that that's 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 been running through this book.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know that it's about you know uh, uh, you know the choices that we make, right. and it's about the choices that the Hulk makes and the choices that Bruce makes. So, you know, that's at least part of what I got out of it. And um, it's interesting that um, that Jackie McGee's along for this ride. And you know this—that's the reporter character that's mm-hmm. been uh, granted some gamma powers over the course of this story, and, and a more realized uh,
1: one, as of this one. What's that? And a more realized one as of this one. She's basically gamma right. Cyclops. Uh,
3: so. yes, and yeah, I guess I was gonna say yes and no because I guess we don't really know how how that works outside of the uh, the the the. the
1: uh, oh yeah, the place down, uh, the the place below. What yeah, the saying. down below. Yeah, exactly, I mean,
3: exactly. True.
1: Or even even if it does work, yeah, you know, outside of there. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, we know she has her her, her gamma seeing powers works outside of that, but not to the extent that it did.
3: He, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what that that's why that's why I wanted to to uh, to put an addendum to that because we know that she has. Uh, powers that work in, uh, you know, outside of that realm, you know, and uh, the way they're unleashed here is a little different. So we're not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh,
1: And whether that's going to get addressed or just get left out there. So going back to what you were saying about characters, you know, being um, whether there's uh, some characters that kind of still out there as they were. And actually, I feel like I want to
3: go into Gamma Flight. Uh, sure just to kind of summarize. sure i think I'm, i was about to say i'm done with immortal hulk um right i'm done uh, commenting on it. If, if you have anything more go on but i think you should follow up with cam of Light.
1: yeah so so um there are a couple of characters that are still on the table as they have been changed uh coming out of immortal hulk at least as of this moment and Gamma Flight uh, number 5, which I will get to in a second, does nothing to change that status uh, right oh. now. S- However, there, are, there is another set of characters that have. So let's go ahead. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with this this first set, but uh, one, um, the other one, whom I'm all, I pretty much forgot about, it comes back into play. Um, so actually, let me go ahead and... Uh, what did I do? go ahead and bring up the cover as i talk about uh gamma flight number five which is the last issue of this mini series um it is written by um al ewing and crystal frazier there we go uh let's see and the rest of the uh team is uh the art by land medina cover artist uh, Antonia Fabella. And letters by VC's Josephino. So uh, Gamma Flight has been pretty much about the um, the, uh, the the Gamma Flight crew that have been a part of Immortal Hulk up until the last ten, what, probably six, seven issues or so, something like that. Um, but they've been on a run since since uh, not working for the government I- anymore. But they've still been helping people. Uh, they. Not saying recruited another Gamified person, but the person definitely has been working on them. And I don't know if this team is gonna go any further after that. But the gist of this issue is that the big bad um, the big bad is uh, an old Hulk villain, the Abomination, um, who somehow got um, who we didn't I don't recall. Did we see the Abomination in, in Hulk? I don't think we had.
3: Yeah, we did. Did we? Because how? Because that's how. um, Because spoiler alert. Yeah, right. Because spoiler alert. The character who has taken the abomination mantle is not Emil Blonsky. Well, so there's there in
1: there's the rub. Yes, because in Gamma Flight, it is uh, Blonsky who has pretty much flipped it. Uh, I see. Yeah. And has Vortian's persona within him. He's somehow... Because we all know General Vortian, who was a a Hulk villain, um, or kind of a a Hulk villain um, in Immortal Hulk, quote-unquote died. But somehow the abomination ended up with his... Not only his likeness, but his memories. And the uh, the newest, I guess, member of Gamma Flight, um, who is his daughter, uh, who goes by the name of Stockpile. But regardless... Um. There's a big fight with um, uh, Abomination, who apparently gets away, and that whole Scar situation. Uh, Scar pretty much was like, "Yeah, uh, uh, look, we don't have to like each other, but we'll, we'll we'll you know we'll we, we'll work." That. He doesn't like being used in this kind of other, but the other part of this is that. um
3: and I don't know if you plan on reading this or not, but um... I skimmed it, so okay. I didn't. I didn't uh, get all the references that you were just talking about. Gotcha. But um, you know, I'll go back and read it uh, just to just to see what the new status quo is for these characters. Right. What I was wondering about is Walter Langowski because so he, there, he's in this book
1: as well. So there we go. So that and that's what brings me to that because two characters, like I said, did not have are still pretty much out in the wind as they are. Are Walter Langowski? who is in the body of Doc Sampson and Doc Sampson who is in the body of Sasquatch or a gamma, I guess a gamma version of Sasquatch because of events that happened during the course of uh, Immortal Hulk. They are still pretty much as they are.
3: All right. So they're still in that situation.
1: Right now the characters that did get pretty much uh, changed uh, were uh, Dell and Rick Jones.
3: Right. My understanding is that Spoiler Alert their 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 status quo is no longer the status quo basically.
1: Yes. They were they were both uh joined like some like they were um like there was some sort of fusion you know messed up fusion dance. Uh, fusion. Ha. <laughs> but now they have split apart thanks to uh the Absorbing Man and uh you know uh, uh a a a a uh gimmick that uh that that shows up here conveniently for for the purposes of doing that um so yeah like i said that's pretty much the only thing that is that has changed on of this and then after that like i said we don't know the status of we don't know if these the the gamma flight is going to come back in any other form or whether they're going to do anything about the langowski uh doc samson situation or just keep him like that for a while we don't know maybe that's another thing that's going to come up in and the hope of who even knows but ultimately, like I said, we could pretty much get an, get an ending of, the, of this uh, five-inch. This is pretty much like them just kind of going off with their end and taking, a, at the very least, one loose end of the um, of the uh, Immortal Hulk stuff. And that's the Rick Jones, uh, Rick jones Dell situation. Uh, so I, I feel like that's probably the only other thing of note that happened here. But, you know, outside of the fight with the Abomination who got away. So I don't know. That being said, though, that's, you know, that's that, whether we see this stuff in, in the, the, whatever that uh that in cases hope uh, run is going to be, who even knows. But there's still a couple there's still that one thing, uh, a couple of things are still on the table. Now, This they did say something at the end of this about being able to do something about their situation, about Lankowski's and Samson's situation in the course of this, but nothing actually ever happened of it.
3: Right. They just make, they make a passing mention of it. Right. And you know, everyone knows that that's, uh, that, that that's probably not going to last forever, but it's interesting to see that they didn't resolve it here in the pages of Immortal Hulk or in Gamma Flight. Exactly.
1: So, like, whether there's a little bit more to go into it, because they even say it, it was like, hey, we could deal with this, we could deal with this right now. It was like, right now, but actually they didn't actually go through the motion of it because right. Samson wasn't there. Or Sasquatch, Doc Sasquatch, I guess, and it wasn't there. Well,
3: all right, and and Bruce Banner was in the wind. Exactly, even though it shouldn't have been, because it's not like he was breaking out of a, you know, for, uh, it's not like he was trying to break out of a, a a standard city building. It was back, it was the Baxter Building, right. So, but as but as he
1: even noted, it was like, yeah, they're they're pretty unobservant. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they notice him as a Hulk, but they don't ever notice him as a Banner, because you know his Banner's puny puny human. So he just kind of walks out with his new suit and faces the world. So but yeah. Uh but that's gamma flight in in, in it as we like, whether we see anything from from that little the the wrinkles that's left over who now or maybe the next time we see him's like, oh yeah I'm back in my new body. Hey, I mean I'm back in my old body. Hey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So or they find another way around it. I don't know. We'll see. That being said, uh let us go on to another book
3: that we both read. That's so amazing. I was about to say, let's do Amazing, then we'll do Rapid Fire. Yeah. Because we got a lot of books to go through this week. We do.
1: Uh, amazing Spider-Man number 49. Uh, yeah, we've, we've had some issues with this one, ah. to say the least. So, go ahead. and. What do
0: number the... did you say this was? 40... It's number
1: 76. Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? What is it? I did say 76. It's Avengers number 49 this week. you right. It's
3: Amazing looking... Spider-Man number 76. You're right. I was looking at Avengers when I said that. It's okay. So... Yeah, I was like I was like, what? Uh, so Amazing Spidey seventy-six is written by Zeb Wells, art by Patrick Gleason, colors are by Marcio Meniz, and letters are by VC's Joe Caramagna. So uh spoiler alert, we are basically in the direct aftermath of the events of issue seventy-five, where Peter Parker has uh, taken the brunt of a radiation attack from the UFOs, from uh, X-Ray. And uh, I saw something funny in one of the comments. I forget I forget where I saw this, if it was uh, on Facebook or if I saw it somewhere else. But one of the comments basically said, well, you know, Spidey defeated Morlun by giving himself a gigantic dose of radiation, so why is this different? But... Right. Um, you know, it's it's comics, people. Also from so, a different, different dose of radiation, I
1: would assume. Oh, we don't know. I mean, because the way they had it seeming like last issue, like this was like a mixture of a couple of different things. Not to say I'm trying to explain it right, because it's still stupid either way.
3: Right. <laughs> you know, but the point is, you know, he's, you know he, he should be more... And 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 they kind of play off of that in this issue that he's more tolerant of the, this kind of radiation poisoning, and there might be something else going on. Right, because he got his. That's a big. He got his right, no, I was. A that's a deflater. big hint in right. this issue that there's something else going on, and not just this um this radiation issue that he is apparently coping with. Right.
1: Which I feel so, like we've seen in a way before, because. This is not the first time we've seen Spidey, uh, Peter laid out in the hospital, but last time, granted, was he was damn near dying because of Morlin. Um, or, wait, matter of fact, the whole spider totem thing, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, but that's Morlin, yeah, 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 I know, uh, but, the, so that in itself is is not a big thing. Like I said, I'm just going things we said last week, like... This is the reason why he's in the hospital and not the events of that last, that whole last um, arc that we just got out of. And that's kind of frustrating in
3: itself. Right. Um, It's not the end of the Kindred story that that puts him in the hospital. So that's really what we have to remind yourself of. And, you know, that's and we made a we made a big stink about that last week for a good reason. Yep. So just very quickly, you know, in this issue. Uh, it turns out that uh, Ben Riley is uh, feeling somewhat guilty about all this, about about the events that occurred at the uh, you know during the course of the previous issue, and uh, you know basically gets the the, the the Parker family into the hospital to 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 to, uh, to see uh, Peter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know meanwhile uh, you know he's letting the the Beyond. You know, the, you know this whole Beyond crew that he's got is just really, you know, they're, they're meant to play. They're meant to come off as really cold, corporate, you know. Right, his especially uh, his handler. Uh, right, you know, they're meant to come off as as, a, as cold and corporate and unfeeling, and uh, it plays out. It plays out exactly that way over the course of this issue. Uh, you know, Peter's situation uh, turns up and then takes a turn for the worse over the course of the issue. Um, You know, uh, one thing to note is that we see again, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing making a guest appearance in the story on Ben Riley's side in support of his activities under the beyond corporation. But they also uh, make, uh, they also are, are, are quick to, uh, Take a shot at um, the handler from the Beyond Corporation when the when 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 this guy Marcus basically starts to uh, try to poop all over Peter Parker. Right. You know the, the OG Spider Man. hmm So, but um, bottom line is uh, there is a revelation here while Peter Parker is on the upswing that. Uh you know, and without spoiling exactly what goes on is essentially uh giving Ben Riley uh carte blanche to proceed. Right. Because you know because, I yeah. won't say exactly what happens, but that's essentially what allows Ben Riley to proceed with a somewhat clear conscience. Right, because as
1: as we saw last issue he was going to do it regardless. And now because of what happened, he felt bad and wanted to get, you know, wanted to get the blessings.
3: Right. And of course, the bottom Peter, line is, oh, sorry, go ahead. Finish you know,
1: up. I was just going to say, and, and of course, Peter being, being Peter, just kind of was like, okay, you know, or, you know, it was like,
3: yeah. no, anyway, go ahead. Well, you know, you know, basically he says you deserve it you deserve to be happy you know that's like the nicest of nice guy responses
1: right which again a very peter response when i'm sitting here like no no he doesn't
3: (laughs) right well that's the thing we know as readers we know at least we we have a feeling that he doesn't deserve it right but at the same time you know we you know looking at it from 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 the history that peter has with the you know with with this particular clone with Mm. ben Riley. You know, I I can sort of understand it, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, uh, Peter's condition goes south, and, you know, that's sort of where we leave uh, his story off. Mm -hmm. And the story of Ben Riley is getting the drop on the UFOs thanks to some technological improvements given to him by the Beyond Corporation. And And, and and that's sort of of where we end. This particular story. So I have a couple of observations, and mm. I think it's going to parallel what I said about issue number seventy-five, mm. which is one. You know, it seems like the UFOs were, were are are either being paid or were picked out by the Beyond Corporation specifically for uh, Ben Riley to take on. Okay, I and they have that. they have they have tuned his costume to do exactly what he needs to do against them.
1: Right. And we just that we just haven't seen that being that that being explained. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. So because it makes good press.
3: Exactly, and they talk about the press too. Well, no, no, you know, I know that, but about, yeah, no, no. But they talk about him getting bad press if they let the if he lets the UFOs get away, right? Right. So he's able to track down the UFOs thanks to the you know the technology. I mean, obviously, if they're tracking radiation, you, they can track X-ray, but. <laughs> Uh, but bottom line is, it definitely feels like the Beyond Corporation, who is not, you know, exactly a, a, a benevolent corporation in the annals of the Marvel Universe. Correct. So, you know, it seems more than likely that uh, that the Beyond Corporation handpicked the UFOs as a formidable, formidable opponent for their Spider-Man to take on with appropriate countermeasures in place in this newfangled fancy schmancy spider suit and with extra weaponry that right. they put you know that they that they give them at the end of this issue um the other thing i wanted to mention i think i mentioned it uh last week is that what i'm afraid of is that they're going to string along and they sort of did this and we talked about this Rodicat and i did uh prior to the show that um Gonna that what, what, what's going to end up happening is we're going to be following these two stories in parallel, the story of Peter and the story of Ben mm-hmm. over the course of these 19 and change issues. And it's just enough to keep the, 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 the Peter Parker loyalists on the hook for picking up this book. Right, while still pursuing this nineteen issue story arc with uh, Scarlet Spider slash Spider Clone slash Ben Riley, right. and I don't know if I want to stay on for that, but I have a feeling they're going to keep their hooks in me for at least a little while longer, mm-hmm. and then you know it may come down to some sort of tipping point where I jump off until they bring Peter back full time. Right, and I, I at least in terms of my physical pull right
1: and i'm of the mind that e- even as uh abbreviated as the story is going to be um i i think and we did talk about this before the show that i think they're not going to focus on peter as much as as as, as what agent 70 believes but i can see where that would happen where they would because it makes it cause like I said, this story is going to be supposedly short it's only three months and it's only 19 issues and it's coming out you know three times a month so that it it wouldn't be surprised if they actually do go like that, but I kind of feel like it was like no, nah, they're just gonna kind of do do kind of like um, almost like superior in that. Like, nope, Spider. I mean, Peter just kind of is not in the picture until like near the end, and then he's like, then he comes back for his reason, or I don't know. He needs a uh, Peter needs a drug, uh, blood transfusion, and Ben comes back for some you know for that or some stupid reason you know or or kind of comes and checks up on him every now and then. Um. But not as much as you, you one would think. So I don't know; it could go either way. But Agent Seven is more likely to be right in this situation because of the, the shortness of the um of the story arc. So, right. But we'll see. I
3: mean, you know, Roddy Cat is saying that you know three three months. I have a feeling it's closer to five or six. You know, just counting out the number of issues. Well, yeah. You know, three three issues a month. Well, yeah, that's only... I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times five. You know, so we're looking at at least a five. Sure. You know, at least a five with maybe a couple of one-shots thrown in there. You know, because we did the math, and it turns out that it's a little bit more than six, technically, if they stick to just three issues a month. Right. So... Um, you know, we're going to be like part way through 2022 when this, uh, you know, when this particular story arc resolves itself. Right.
1: But still, not as, as, as was said before the show, not as long as Superior Spider
3: Man was around. So, that's, right. That's that the, right. The that's the comparison I brought into play, which is, uh, for, for a good amount of time during Superior Spider Man, we were following along with, uh, Peter Parker in the spirit realm or like his, his essence kind of floating around in the back of, uh, Otto's head as he was playing Peter Parker. Right. And, and even that was kind of near the end, mostly. I mean, yeah, there were some parts in the beginning,
1: but until a certain point, but then that went away again. Right. And,
3: right because you know. at some point, Slot basically wanted to stick it to the readers and said, all right, we're going to cut this off. Right. And they actually do that in the story, you know, like as part of the story, like, oh, okay, you know, we're basically going to stomp out this particular um uh uh you know kind of a spiritual remnant that's floating around in the back of uh of of the spidey ock brain. Mm-hmm. But uh you know it, it eventually comes back. So, you know, we don't know how they're gonna play this out if there's going to be a similar kind of spiritual journey going on or like uh 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 whatchamacallit, um uh astral form type thing going on, you know, kind of convenient that Doctor Strange is not around for this.
1: Yeah, no, right, as he was in the last, the whole of last, uh,
3: the whole last um, Kindred thing. Not you know, but so, mostly. right, you know, talk about taking him off the board conveniently, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, so, so that's, you know, that, I, I I definitely had the same feeling reading this issue that I read, that, that I had reading the last issue, which which was, I was angry for a lot of the parts that I read, you know. And, you know, I don't know if it's just me just not liking the Ben Riley idea and the Ben Riley character and the way they took that character. Yeah. And I that. love that. I, I love and hate the fact that there are people who really are, who must have came on as fans of Spider Man during that time. Yeah. And they just go back and revisit the character and, you know, where he is and some of his supported cast. Yeah. That is neither one of us. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I said, love and hate. You know, left and right. I, I understand there's probably people who came on who came of age reading that yeah. era of the book. So mm. uh did we
1: do the creative team? Uh yeah. Okay. Just make sure.
3: Absolutely.
1: Um but yeah, there's really not much else to say about that. And like like I just have said, maybe we'll check in on it and for a couple more issues and we'll we'll see. But yeah, this is as expected, we don't neither one of us is definitely not doing any physical pulling of of this book,
3: yeah, I mean, I have a physical copy of this issue, whether or not that continues remains to be seen you know uh you know we'll see twitch full disclosure i
1: haven't really been pulling spider man <laughs> since the, the whole this whole seventy six issue so you know that's it is what it is on that part. Right.
3: Yeah, don't get me start don't get me started on how I feel about um about whatchamacall, about uh pulling all of Spencer's run. Oi. Yeah. That being said, well, you know what? Do we
1: mm, you know what no? No, I'm about to say do one, do, do one more book before we do let's just go ahead and do uh, um
3: rapid. No, let us rapid fire. I ain't got time to bleed.
1: Rapid Rap- fire. All right, you want I was to about
3: to say, you want me to go? Because I'll cover the Marvel stuff and you get everything else. Sure. We, 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 yeah, we've gotten some,
1: some, still some similar stuff in there.
3: All right. So one of the books we have in common is Avengers number 49. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon and Flaviano colors by David Curiel and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. So this is uh, part four of the world war She-Hulk story and uh, revelations abound in this issue one is that um it seems like this foray of she hulk into the uh loving and i say that uh fully sarcastically into the loving arms of the red room and uh the winter guard was uh, set up was pre-planned and uh oh, okay. we get some retroactive dialogue between She-Hulk and Black Panther about you know, undertaking this particular uh, plan and the, the risks of it. And uh, we see that um, there's a couple things that are playing out the way they expected and a couple things that are playing out contrary to what they expected. Mm-hmm. One thing that they definitely expected is that uh, the Winter Guard and Russia would make a move against Atlantis. One thing they did not expect is that the Red Widow would take certain things into her own hands, quite literally, and uh, proceed with creating, uh, let's just say, uh, someone else who could probably walk through the green door. You know, shout out to the Immortal Hulk. Yes. you have anything to add?
1: Uh, yeah. It looks like we're coming to the end of the. Well, we're definitely coming to the end of the World War World War She Hulk uh thing. Uh, especially given what happens at the end of the last uh, uh, at the end of this issue, and yeah, that whole so that whole Red Widow thing was kind of weird because it was like, she, she, granted, not afraid to get her hands dirty, but I never expected her to kind of be like. Usually, she sends somebody else to to do the to, to do the dirty work. You know, and maybe get her hands dirty, you know, uh, every now and then. Her going to this length and and going, you know, handling it the way she did was kind of interesting. And even what she said before she even went into it, or as she was going into it, was kind of weird. It was like, wait, did we see any any notion of this? I I don't remember, because like I said, the whole Avengers thing has been kind of, there's been a lot of things going on. So, I'm like, why did they even bring that up? I mean, not that it was that big of an issue, but it was like, oh, huh, that seems kind of out of the blue to kind of come up. But, yeah, we definitely see an, another uh, an, an amalgamation of two different programs, so to speak. Right. Uh,
3: and they yeah. had they had set it up. It's not like oh, it's yeah. out of the it's it's out of the blue only in that we don't expect this character to do it. Well, no, they I'm saying had set up. No, but they had set up the whole hulk blood thing no no no. that part yes but i'm talking about yeah. the the the
1: dialogue that she said as she as she's going through that thing like right. she, she mentions mentions someone whoever she was she was talking to and mentions mm-hmm. a, a certain thing i'm saying like was that established anywhere Not that it really made that big of a difference but like like was that a thing that's come up before or is that just a authority line that's just kind of Maybe that'll come up somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was something that, about that that just kind of stuck out with me on, on that for probably no reason that it needed to.
3: But anyway. So, you know, I mean, but bottom line is, you know, it was it was an interesting issue. And what's funny is that the 750th issue is coming up. And this might be just part of what uh, goes down in issue 750, according to the solicitations. Right. It feels like I, I don't know if that covers
1: indicators indications. We're going to we which we, I guess we kind of knew it was coming anyway. We're definitely going to get an old persona back, or the very an old look back. Uh, mm-hmm. And it feels like I wonder if they're going to just like take part of the issue, be like, yeah, here's the wrap up of this, and then oh, we're, then we're going to go into the rest of whatever the issue is going to be about for the for the anniversary, and just kind of
3: clean I think so. Yeah, you know. I think so. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up is Iron Man number 13. It's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Cafu, colors by Frank Darmada, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So uh, this is uh, the next chapter of the the fight against Korvac by the space friends, by Iron Man and his space friends. And, Mm. you know, that's what they've been christened in this issue. And the fight actually goes in their favor up until the end. And it turns out that um, both Tony and Korvac make a play for something that up until now we didn't really know existed in the way that it's being depicted here. Because let's just say the power cosmic was something that Galactus gave you. Correct. Also, and it's not something that you could literally go up to a machine and get. Like right. a like a vending machine, you pop in like the amount of money, and you're like, "All right, there's my there's my money. Give me my Power Cosmic."
1: Right. Also, we see a little bit. I don't know if you noticed this. We see a little bit of um, um, uh, Disney synergy here because why the hell did Todd, the inside of Todd Two look like the, a part of the Death Star? No. <laughs> because I saw that part. And I'm like, really? Are right, this this is what they're doing? Huh? Okay.
3: That's funny. So. That's funny. That's funny. So, but that's, that, that's essentially it. Anything else on uh, Iron Man number 13?
1: No, we pretty much like solicitations bore, board, uh, out. The fact that, Hey, we, we, uh, Tony was gonna come up on a, a status power change and we're going to get the shades of that. And then that, we're definitely going to get that next issue based on what happens. So, All
3: right. And uh and and as a quick addendum, the Scarlet Spider's in this issue in his Scarlet Spider costume. Yes. And he's annoying here as well. Yeah. So we still don't know what time frame this is in relation to what's
1: going on in the bases of amazing, which again it's comic there. I'm sure it doesn't really matter, but it still kind of sticks in the crawl a little bit.
3: Right. Anyway. Next up is Kang the Conqueror number three. It's written by former uh, guests of our pod, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Art is by Carlos Magno. Colors are by Espen Grunditjern. And letters are by VC's Joe Caramagna, our favorite Paisan. So if you haven't been following along with Kang the Conqueror, um, you know, this mini series has basically been. Uh, uh, a ride down memory lane but with a younger version of Kang from the future, basically on uh, a quest to avenge uh, a death of someone close to him and it turns out that um, you know, his plans are obviously going to cause some sort of time paradox but uh, whether or not that means anything to Kang, who is quote-unquote the ruler of time listen this is a, a story that is full of time jumps and full of uh, 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 I guess Easter eggs is the best way to do it is the best way to put it because yes. we get Easter eggs of uh, previous points in Marvel history, obviously with Kang being a, a central uh, being a central figure uh, in a different, in different guises, you know namely uh, as Rama Tut. And we have in this issue uh, the characters moving forward in time from the from um, the Ramatut period to uh, a, a, a future period. And I think this is a five issue limited series. I didn't make a, qu- a note of that, but uh, the next issue should uh, should show us where they intend to go with this limited series. I yeah. uh, try not or, to spoil too much of that, but it's kind of hard to spoil because there's honestly not that much happening. That's, right. that's kind of spoiled that, that you can really spoil
1: right now. I've, I think we've said this before, like, obviously this is a, this is, we know Kang going to be an MCU. So they were going to put something out like, you know, with him in it. And he definitely been getting a lot more play, um, in the last year, uh, you know, in on that in on that fact, uh whether this particular miniseries is going to serve us to do anything outside of being that and being a uh, and being a uh, refresher for people who may or may not be um uh, first in Kane's history, you know, then that or whether it's gonna get into some I can, I've, I've had a theory that Kane's probably gonna there's gonna be some I think wait wait, wait did we not, not know there's gonna be some sort of uh, time event? Some some sort of King centered event coming up soon. I can't remember. I feel like we we may have come across something like that uh, at some point recently, but I don't know. Regardless, whether this, sure. yeah, whether there's going to be in service of getting from there to there, or just like I said, being service of the fact that we know Kings coming to the MCU and they wanted to kind of do something for you know for mm-hmm. new reachers or whatever. get thing we'll see.
3: We don't know. Alrighty, next up, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number thirty-one is written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Christopher Allen. Colors are by Guru EFX, and letters are by VC's Cory Pettit. So uh this is a direct continuation of the story we last had in issue 30. And uh you know we're following uh Miles and um what do they call her? Sparrow? Starling. Dar Starling it's Starling, right? Yeah. Starling, right? so uh, it's miles and starling uh the uh the granddaughter of uh, of of the vulture and uh you know they're off trying to get some quality time a la martin and gina and they are interrupted by the the shadowy figure that had been stalking them at the end of issue number 30 and uh, that confrontation goes very badly for these two uh these two lovebirds you know i say lovebirds carefully because one is a spider and one is a bird so you know but it's trying course. not to overstep exactly it's trying not to overstep here but uh you know it goes badly and the uh and and the uh the character that's uh that that has been stalking them and confronts them is at least in name only be one of the one of the antagonists of the Black Widow movie, and that should tell you exactly who I'm referring to when I say it, at least in name only. Well, and also
1: if you're watching the video version, you can see who it is on the cover of the issue.
3: So, but um, uh, but yeah, it was you know part of me was thinking. And this goes back to some of my misgivings about the character's portrayal in the Black Widow movie. I'm like, wait, we just had a miniseries that I kind of played up the fact that this character could take on like Hyperion, even though he did it very poorly, he still took on, you know, Hyperion. Took one for the team. Yeah. So he's going to have. Say again. Yeah, he took one for the team on that one. Right, and and basically, and and basically, uh, you know, fulfilled his mission on that one. Mm -hmm. So. um, you know, it's no surprise that uh, this character is able to get the drop on uh, both Miles and Starling in this issue.
1: Right. To which I did not realize, and thanks for that, handed any footnote within the issue that they Miles had even met Star um,
3: Taskmaster. You haven't read that. That's why. Right. Exactly. So
1: that was like that's that was why that, that came.
3: I did see that note, and as soon as you mentioned it, I, I know that uh, Roddy Cat has said in the past that. Um he has not read that Spider Men miniseries, the two different Spider Men miniseries. Correct. But yeah, so what we come to find out here is that uh, That's pre Secret Wars, everybody. That's pre Secret Wars where uh the ultimate universe was still standing. And that was where Peter and Miles actually met for the first time. Wait, I thought it said Spider Man two, which was after. Oh, was it? I oh, I so. thought it was the first one. Mm-mm. Oh no, I'm I thinking of. Oh, uh, I forgot. Different different spider villain in the first one. My apologies. Right.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I think uh, I, I will have to go back and check, but I believe they said it was Spider Man
3: Two. Right, way, I couldn't I remember exactly. One. So, yeah. uh, but I know that um, uh, there's a different spider. There's a different villain that is uh, one of the catalysts in that first Spider Man uh, story. Right. Alrighty, next up is Shang-Chi number five. It's written by Gene Luen Yang with art by D.K. Ruan, colors by Triona Farrell, and letters are by V.C.'s Travis Lanham. So this is the uh, Shang-Chi versus Iron Man issue. You know, as um, Gene Luen Yang takes Shang-Chi through this uh, story arc, this opening story arc of Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe. You know, he's taken on... Uh, several members of uh, the Avengers, uh, and and we're counting Spider-Man in this, um, uh, as as part of it. Uh, even Reed Richards, you know, even the FF, you know, they've all basically been Avengers as well. But this is basically, um, the 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 more mainstream heroes of the uh, the X Universe, uh, I guess, minus. Uh, minus the X corner of the universe that that Shang-Chi did in fact cross paths with because um, what we find out in this issue is that um, an older Iron Man armor makes its way into the hands of some alleged uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells. And these 'er ne'er-do-wells basically offer it to um, uh, Shang-Chi and uh the five weapons society you know as you know, a uh, part of an illicit arms deal and it turns out that you know spoiler alert not all is as it seems mm-hmm. and as a result of some of the things that happen in the issue it seems like uh the heroes that i mentioned earlier basically the avengers and the ff uh f- kind of make a decision about how they're going to approach shang and his new status as the leader of the Five Weapons Society going forward.
1: I I, I don't know if you feel like this, and you probably won't, but did, did, did anybody, anything about that whole thing scream entrapment? But by the way, that played out. Because it was like, obviously, they were trying to see... You know, they were trying to find, get some a certain information, but the way they in about it was kind of interesting, weird.
3: But maybe it's just me. At the end of the day, it it I guess you could say it is, but since that wasn't really the that wasn't really the, the goal of their mission, mm-hmm. you know, they just needed to break in. They needed any which way they could get in. I guess so. I I thought it was funny that they used the Silver Centurion armor too. Right. That was like a nice little callback for you know for for those of us of a certain vintage.
1: Yeah, I know when I saw it, I was like, "Yay!" Which we have seen. i do not know. you say fair illusion, but it was like definitely earlier this year where it shown up in a different thing. But anyway, I somehow right. was going right. to about this. But I can't. Anything else to add on that? There was something I don't remember what it. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, Shang Chi pulls the last dragon move. In in the, uh, in the beginning, I don't know if
3: you caught that. uh in the beginning yes but
1: i will leave that to agent 72 to to find out to 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 yeah to
3: i'm going to have to i'm going to have to think back on that
1: and there's also we apparently we found out something about
3: Shang-Chi. oh that's right no, that's yeah. right yeah, yeah 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 i mean that's yeah that's i i i, I get it i get it <laughs> i i just had to flip through the book i'm like oh yeah i remember right
1: but and i think we also were finding out something about Shang-Chi's mom uh also because there was yeah
3: they're playing yeah they're doing a slow reveal on that right so that's the pretty
1: much the other, only other thing going on with this and, that and might
3: actually uh, you know to be honest that i want i'm wondering if they're gonna retcon the movie into that i'm kind of wondering
1: i don't i haven't seen the movie so that's I, it still stands kind of the reason because i like i don't know how they played her in the movie but mm-hmm. um but that being the case the only other thing to say about this is that yeah it looks like there's a, a, another faction uh, outside of heroes that is going after
3: the five Weapons society mm-hmm. at the end of this so yeah i mean that's kind of a long standing uh element of the story in that the other criminal syndicates and criminal organizations don't necessarily know how to deal with the five Weapons society now
0: right now that
3: uh, a hero that they recognize is actually in charge right. of but the five someone, societies.
1: Right, but there's someone close to Shang-Chi that's in that group, or at least in that meeting anyway.
3: Right. So, so all right, next up for me is X-Force number 24. It's written by Benjamin Percy with art by Martin Cocolo, colors by Guru EFX, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. So, this is kind of a disturbing issue in that it's not it hasn't really been teased and it's a big revelation and it's coming out of left field to a certain extent all right i don't know if radicat if you read this no i have not okay so it might actually be an interesting read for you because it has something to do. It may not be an X Force. Well, let's put it this way: X Force has, has, you know, to a certain extent, has had its storylines kind of weave their way into the greater X Men story more so than some of the other books. Mm-hmm. And you know, this has some. This has everything to do with uh, Mikhail Rasputin and his connection and relationship to. Uh, uh, Piotr Rasputin you know otherwise known as Colossus and there are several revelations in this issue that I think are going to uh, that may uh, play a role in uh, the future of Krakoa maybe not on the in infer- maybe not on the level of Inferno but definitely will play a role hmm interesting so I would I would actually recommend that uh, you take a peek at this issue and see, um, you know, and, and check out uh, this issue and probably the next issue, and see how the how how the two issues uh, affect the greater uh, Kroko and X Men story. Up, oh, yeah, definitely plan
1: to. I just didn't get a chance to get around to the X books this week. Gotcha.
3: Well. Speaking of an X book that maybe won't have the biggest impact on the Krokoan X Men story, that's X Men number four. Uh, you know the the you know the the lead title of the X Men corner of the Marvel Universe. It's written by Jerry Duggan, with art by Javier Pina, colors are by Eric Arseniega, and letters are by VCs Clayton Cowell. So, the cover of this issue that Roddy Cat has put up is an homage to the Headless Horseman. You know? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, obviously timely when it comes to it being in October and uh, coming ahead of Halloween, the spooky season. And um, one character who decides to rear his head, again, more... Well... Rewind that. They actually make a point of saying that this character rears his head in the acknowledged absence. They acknowledge in this story the absence of one Dr. Stephen Strange. And this character uh, tries to wreak havoc amongst the X Men that are hanging out in the treehouse in Manhattan. But runs into uh, an extremely powerful member of the X-Men who puts this character uh, back into place. But we also get uh, some developments uh, that may be leading to some of the uh, the story elements that are playing out, uh, probably in parallel to Inferno, that have been uh, kind of been that that, that have been. Uh, carried forward that are related to Orca's, and also related to some of the characters that were introduced and some of the ideas that were introduced by Jerry Duggan in the very beginning of this X-Men run. You know, it's only four issues old, but that continues to develop uh, in the last few pages of this story. So, Roddy Cat, you know that's that's me dancing around the fact that Roddy Cat has not yet read these issues. So, um, forgive me for like the super vague, but at the end of the day, very much non spoilery uh, uh, discussion. I'm sure there are somebody out
1: there that probably appreciates it, regardless. <laughs>
3: there it is, and that's it
1: for me. righty then, for myself. Uh... Pew 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 pew. Uh we go to Oh, that was Ooh, somebody would get me for that one. Let me just do this typo uh change that. There we go. Star Trek the Mirror War Number One Uh Star Trek. Did I say Star Wars, please? I hope I did not. <laughs> Star... I'm not sure. Yes, Star Trek the Mirror War Number One uh, which is written by, um, Scott and David Tipton, art by Gavin Smith, uh, colors by Charlie Kirchhoff and letters by Neil Yutake, which just feel like saying Waylon yutani I don't know, you know, but someone will be like, yeah, you're right. But regardless, um... So yeah, this is the first, I guess the first uh well technically this is the second issue of the, the Mirror World uh mirror war because the Star Trek The Mirror War Zero has already come out a couple of weeks ago. Uh and this is taking up from that. Um where basically hey excuse me, um they had already uh absconded with uh Mirror Universe Barkley from that 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 is first issue and now are grilling him for what he Knows and why he tried to escape, uh, escape from the. Well, basically, why he stayed in the universe, uh, which of course they don't believe what he says after he's under interrogation. But they use it, uh, the information that they glean from him anyway, to to uh, further Picard's plan. Uh, or mirror, excuse me, mirror universe. You got to make that distinction. Uh, Picard's mm. plan to uh, regain. Uh, a foothold and possibly take over uh uh uh, gain a basically to gain a foothold in in the mirror universe and uh pretty much take over the empire um probably at the long end of this uh and of course o'brien who's who's mirror o'brien is there and he's the, the the linchpin of the operation because of because of things um and um at the end you know there's a lot of skullduggery going on in this one and Guinan kind of pops in to kind of let Picard know about that which he should already kind of already knows about that but he, there's apparently some things that he doesn't know that Guinan is, maybe is possibly going to tell him about uh in his plan because he's you know has his he has his big plan and there are other people who are plotting against him as tends to happen in this world and uh whether we see any of that pop off uh Who's to say? Don't know if the prime universe is actually gonna come back into play in his or this is just a, a strictly mirror universe uh, situation. Cause for some strange reason I thought the, the prime universe was gonna kinda it's gonna be a battle between the, the mirror universe and the prime universe, but apparently that so far doesn't seem to be the case. We'll see how it goes. Uh, next up, Transformers, King Grimlock number three. Uh, written by Steam Orlando, art by Augustine Padilla, uh Colors by Jeremy Colwell, and Letters by Jake M. Wood. So I think I have said before that this is taking place after I might have said before, but I'll probably mistaken But after uh a Transformers Season 3 episode, if I'm not mistaken, and this is sometime after that, where Grimlock gets transported back to this planet where where uh these humanoids have been oppressed and um, there, there apparently is still something uh, some oppression still going on there uh, some folks ask Grimlock for help and he declines until he realizes hey there's something there's something else that he doesn't like going on so he decides to, to help these folks out and in this issue is where he, after training a bunch of folks to be fighters, uh, decides to attack. To attack. Um, and uh, there's a couple of other factions including... Well, there's a couple of other factions at play who, um, who are kind of on the side. But because this is a five-issue miniseries, are going to come back into play uh, um, in the next couple of issues. But let's just say one threat has seemingly been taken down but leads grimlock to to um further his mentioned by uh seeking out one of these other factions that is uh that has come back into play uh, including uh, someone he pretty much shunned in the first couple of issues who's who's pretty much picked aside because of uh, <laughs> because of a uh, not wanting to help in the first place. But we'll see how that turns out. Uh, next up. Transformers. Treads. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Transformers. Wreckers. Treads and Circuits. Number one. This is another miniseries. Which I don't think I remember seeing coming. But regardless. Uh, it's written by David Marriott. Uh, art by Jack Lawrence. Uh, colors by Candace Hahn. <clears throat> excuse me letters by jake m wood and nathan wittick so this is a miniseries that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the uh the the larger scope of the uh, the main transformers book this is kind of like a say a side thing in fact i'm just going to go in my notes for this and say uh one cowboy bebop is apparently canon in the transformers universe now based on the first page which i thought that was a nice little treat um whether that was intended or not Who's to say, but I feel like it was. Um but if Transformers the Wreckers means anything to you as a Transformers fan, this is not the same group of Wreckers that was in the that has been in uh the old volume of the Wreckers. I mean of the of Transformers, we'll definitely say. Um but this is a group that is pretty much a mashup of uh pole position, the old eighties cartoons. Uh, the impossible mission for us and mask in a way. In fact, they have a, they, their mission is kind of similar where they're just traveling group of, uh, stunt bots or whatever, or not, not Tugans, not just to the whole thing, but they're basically a tra- a traveling a good group, but they're also secret agents. Uh, so while under the guise of being these, um, you know, these, uh, stunt folk, uh, stunt bots or whatever the case may be, they're pretty much doing missions that, um, uh, not unlike X Force, are you know uh, too down and dirty for the regular for the regular Transformer uh, Autobots to get get their hands into, and they basically could get dis be disfiled if they're found out. So not even presumably the way they made the sounds is like you know they don't have any backup, and no one brewed a bunch knows you know they're doing this. Mm-hmm. So, they're, so it's it's a little bit of all of that um, mixed uh, into this so they, so there's this um, and of course in that they have this uh, group coincidentally called Mayhem um, who is trying to impose order by violence by choosing violence and there's this race called the Spacia 500 I believe that the records are trying to go undercover with, but they're not so undercover because they had this big old whole big plan that uh, the leader was like no well, well the leader was like hey call the press let them know we're coming, so which you know kind of blows the fact that they're undercover, but uh, that's supposed to be undercover, even though you know, under the guise of whatever this race is. Which is apparently, this race is like, hey, there's this one Cybertronian colony, uh, where the leadership of is is um determined by this race and this opposing force called mayhem wants to do away with that because there should be order and not just let anybody whoever wins the wins the race you know uh be the ones to rule so apparently the records get kind of wind of that and you know they get involved themselves but one of the members of the, the the records kind of finds himself uh away from the group and gets um runs into some trouble but apparently at the end of this runs into somebody that's familiar to him to them and i have no idea who this is so we'll see what happens after that yeah, it was, all in all this was a kind of a fun um, first issue in a way and um, i'm kind of curious as to where this is going to go uh even though i don't know this group of wreckers that well
3: so we'll see how that goes uh next up though, i just wanted to add very quickly i just flipped through this issue really yeah. quickly this week mm-hmm. and i have to say that uh obviously and, and i'm pretty sure it's attributable to uh digital art but uh the art on these transformers books and how much they look like animation and um just how much how much how good they look in that they're uniform Mm -hmm. they're not um they're they're not like misshapen robots and misshapen squares and rectangles being put together Mm -hmm. it's Almost certainly due to digital art, you know, uh, you know, b- you know, whatever program or 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 or, 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 me- or particular digital medium that they use, you know, I think that the art on these Transformers books is head and shoulders, you know, above anything we've seen before.
1: Right now, I, actually, I'm glad you kind of bring that up because, with the exception of King Grimlock, which is looks a little bit more rougher, honestly, uh, in art, mm-hmm. but still good the main thing all these Transformers books that have in common are the letters because the same letter is doing all these books. But that being said, the artists they have for these books, like you said, yes, they are very clean and they are very, um, specific, I guess in, in a way, but yes, they're the, the art in the, even in the main book and some of these other mini series that they've had in one shots, whatnot, they've all been, um, um, Similarly clean and similar, like you said, the, the, the whole digital thing is going makes a difference in it, and, but they all absolutely uh, you could almost say if you did not know they were using different artists, you would almost say they were using the same artist for all that. like yeah, you could see some art, artistic differences in some of them, but not enough to kind of put you off of them right so yes the, the, definitely the art in this has been pretty well in all and it, it, between this and the main book. And Some of the other like mini stuff, like I said, the, the King one one's a little bit rougher, uh, but I think that might be uh, potential. I mean, not potential, but um, that might be on purpose, but, but uh, given what's going on in, in there, but I don't know. Uh, that being said, moving on, um, hardware seed one number two, uh, written by Brandon Thomas, pencils by Dennis Cowan, uh, inks by Bill Sinkovich, uh, uh colors by Chris Sotomayor. And letters by Rob Lee. So this is again um, um, a hardware's return. Excuse me, a um, a a milestone returns book. Um, Again, I am not very versed on too many uh, milestone characters outside of say Static and Rocket and and, I mean Rocket and I was about to say Rocket and Groot Lord Um, (laughs) Icon and Rocket. Um, and actually, I, that was a typo. Mm, because yes, so basically, hardware is the Iron Man of this uh, of this uh, of this group. Uh, as we found out last issue, that he's being framed for something. He's being framed from the Big Bang, which caused which gave um, people like stacking their powers, uh, and now he's on the run uh, thanks to his, uh, boss uh, slash mentor is of in, in Alva industries. Uh, but what he does in this issue is go to the, the last place that any, uh, folks would look for him, uh, which is Alva industry. And he in, basically gets some help from, um, a, a close friend of his lesson, who ends up getting users bait later on. Um, and I found out something for, not to give away too, too much in this, but he, um, in connection to the static book, um, he basically um ends up giving sending uh Virgil a message that as we come to find out from the last issue of uh static, a little bit too late for him to, to get at this point, which I found kind of amusing. It's like because uh in, during the course of this issue we find that Static uh aka Virgil has been trying to call them and he's been kind of, you know, busy doing running away from the cops or whatever, you know, doing, doing, doing his business here. But then when he finally gets around to, um, to getting back at him, as we find out in static, it's too late. So that's, that's a little interesting. Um, and of course in this issue, there's a little bit of, uh, not necessarily drama, but you know, there's, he finds himself, uh, in a kind of a place because of an event that happens and seeks the, um, Seeks consolation from uh, an, an ex friend of him, his, and also gets their help, also. So I don't know. Like I said, part of me kind of wants to go back to the old books and kind of find like which I said I was going to do before this thing, got, uh, all this kicked off, but I didn't. But I've been liking what I've been seeing so far with this uh, reboot retelling of the the milestone stuff. Uh, next up, I am Batman number two. I do remember Agent Seventy reading the first issue of this where I had not and I don't know if you're going to get around to this one
3: I skimmed it I didn't read I you know I I got an idea of what was happening but uh there was a a particularly heavy exposition uh portion True. uh that skipped over oh well, well, if you plan on going to I won't. I won't give too much of word away. But it's written. No, no, I was about to say go ahead because then I'll just it'll, it'll make rereading it quicker. I just skimmed it very quickly just to see what was going
1: on. And actually, part of it I probably have to remember myself. But regardless, um, written by John Ridley, art by Steven Segovia, colors by Rex Locus, letters by A. L. W. Troy Pateri. So, um, art anarchy gets gunned down in the beginning of this. So there's that whole throughput of like, Hey, vigilante justice. And of course, some of this is ripped from the headlines because, um, and so one side of this, there's this, um, quote unquote, Patsy that is not, that's taking the rap for this thing, which they did do. Uh, but on the other side of this, um, I don't know how much of this is playing into fear state. Also, because, and I think that, um, if, if I'm thinking where you're talking about the, the expedition part might have to do with the whole Montoya and, uh, Jason's mom thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, Renee Montoya at this point, like this is kind of in the midst of fear state, uh, right before future state, uh, Renee Montoya is a commissioner. Um, uh um, Tanya Fox, Jace's mom, is a, a high-profile lawyer. Uh, they have a talk about this case that I just mentioned, about the, the, the kid that's uh, taking a rap for this group who's been pretty much high, um, fear-mongering, and uh, they call themselves the Moral Authority, and it's led by this group, uh, I guess, person, place, or thing, whatever, called Sierra. We don't know who that is um, on the side of that. And, of course, Jace gets uh, starts getting uh A new bat well, he did get a new bat suit in this one, but it's not the one that we see during uh future state if I'm not mistaken but it's i guess it's leading up to that, so we see him kind of taking to the streets and trying to make a name for himself uh while this other stuff is going on um and they even reference to the fact that like yeah free state's going on and the whole bat family is going after uh, a certain person. And he's going back, he's going to the person who may or may not be behind this, which is called, or the people who is behind, behind the, may or may have something behind this called Seer. So that's where we're kind of getting into with this. Uh, Or he's, at the very least, going after somebody who's attached to uh, whatever else is going on during this whole thing. So it's kind of weird. I don't know. Regardless, uh, next up, Marvel Legends Black Panther number one. One, one, one. Wooha. Uh written by Tochi Onobuchi. art by Satoru Fia Ziz- Zigsby. My apologies if I messed up your name. Colors by Paris Aline, uh letters by VC Josebino. So this Um is pretty much a mini mini series that is kind of recounting. Well, I don't think we've ever seen the story in full. Let's just say, but let's put it this way: this uh, this is an issue that is from the past of T'Challa when he was young, uh, and he and the White Wolf who grew up together uh, uh, are kind of front line in the story. And we get a very familiar story that I don't think we've ever seen played out in full, but we've definitely seen because uh when Ulysses Claw is involved uh so and I don't recall the original story um uh coming off like this but basically being told like this or even been like we know an event happens in T'Challa's life um we know Claw's involved that's pretty much where this story goes and this old, looks like this mini series is going to kind of uh from this young point in his life go through certain events in in t'challa's life including if the next uh the image for the next issue um is to be believed a meeting with someone who has a profound impact on his life another person who has a profound (laughs) impact on his life but in this case like I said, we kind of get
3: a recount of a story that we may or may not have seen playing out in full Right. Uh, I was just going to say that this is just an opportunity for them okay. to retell exactly. and update the origin. You know, they even say there's a note at the beginning of this issue. I, I just looked at that very quickly. Before, you know, I didn't really have a chance to to flip through, but I noticed the note in the front of the issue mm-hmm. that says that the you know that uh, you know, the character was introduced in '66, mm-hmm. and you know a, a lot of the stuff that 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 had been. Uh, told at that point just needed a little bit of updating, and we've seen just a very, you know, we've seen little, precious little, I think, of the origin story being updated throughout the Black Panther series, uh, you know, the, the various volumes of Black Panther that have come since. Hmm. Not the uh, not the Hudlin, not the Priest, you know, and not the most recent um, uh, Coates, Coates volumes. They really haven't done too much in terms of revisiting the origin true they've added things but they haven't revisited like this there's, so oh, right there's, you know, there's
1: some sad stuff that kind of touched on it but not to this not to this extent
3: right not to not in this not in this kind of you know revisiting it so that it sort of looks like the movie but not really right you know because uh there's elements there's there's more elements of the comics in this than the movies right if you at are... least what it looked like when not uh, when i flipped through it so
1: yeah, that's that's kind of accurate um obviously the one thing that that wouldn't if you're no, just know the black panther because of the movie you'll be like who is this other white person This this white kid um that's that's all I've been through here which by which mm-hmm. by the way there's a, a part of the story that that takes them to south africa during the time of apartheid uh and that kind of plays into a thing uh that i guess shapes to both t'challa and um the white wolves I guess relationship and you know each each other's being, and that.
3: right. That's what I was getting at in terms of being more comic related right. than movie related. Mm-hmm. So
1: there is that, but I I would say pick this up if you are definitely a, a a a um well you know if you are curious and you are a fan from the movies itself, or even if you are a Black Panther fan and just kind of you know um interested in some more black panther material like that this kind of fleshes out a, a, a story that i don't think we've ever seen played out in full that we do that we definitely know about uh that we've seen but maybe not like this anyway oh just to see what do i have left oh the dark hole the uh, iron man number one so as I look up this uh, yada yada yada, there we go. Uh, creative team: Ryan North is the writer, art by Guillermo Sana, uh, color artist Ian Herring, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Some typo there. So just like um, the X that uh, X book that um, that. Um, Eighteen seventy mentioned just in time for the holidays. We have this whole dark hole thing, which started from uh, Dark Hole Alpha. Uh, what was it last week or before last? I can't remember. But those is pretty much a series of one shots uh, in that in this whole event. Thing. Mm. Definitely, this is definitely not connected to that Alpha book. Uh, but I guess it supposedly is of the world in it of it, and I guess I'm just going to go ahead and treat it like an Elseworld thing because the events of this book did not happen that way. However, it starts off it is definitely a horror um a you could put this as a hey Halloween-ish horror type um uh, story because this is being told from one the view of one Virginia Pepper Potts. Um and this pretty much goes from starts in um I would go so far as to say it's a parallel universe, but, um, like I said, we don't know where the whole, you know, that's how some of these one-shot events have been going by because you start off one place and then you see stories from inside the world of the thing, but there's very loosely connected to the overall thing. Um... You know, and doesn't seem like this thing is connected because definitely the dark hole does not show up or it has even been said mentioned in this thing in this book. Um, but we start off right after Tony Stark's come back from his original kid- kidnapping with so with the uh, Iron Man Mark One, and some events start to happen from that that make him. Well, not even events, but basically he becomes more reliant on the suit and Pepper's noticing this, and it goes in a horror way, let's just say and ends up in a in a um in a way you wouldn't think it would, or maybe you would if you if you kind of see how this book is going, so if you're interested in that, maybe it's something to check out because it's interesting in a point, you know, uh, but like I said, not directly related to that Darkhold Alpha book. Um, maybe I don't even know if it was even hinted at in it. I would have to go back and read it, honestly. But we do know that there's going to be a series of these one-shots uh, uh-huh. in that mold. So, there is that. Uh, let's see what I think I got. One more book. Yes, yes. Batman 89, number three, which is my last book for tonight. Uh And I didn't get the creative team, of course I didn't. So let me pull that up real quick. Pardon me. Uh, This is uh, part three of six, by the way. Um, Let's see. It's written by Sam Hamm. uh, Art by Joe Quiones. And colorist uh, Leonardo Ido. Uh, Clayton Pacaos does the lettering. And that is that. So... At the end of the last issue, Harvey Dent uh, runs into a burning building to try to save a kid, and at some first blush, we see him actually do that. Or was it a dream? It it was totally a dream. (laughs) It was all a dream, Uh, because we see flashes of uh, like one year late later, and Harvey Dent is in the place where he would want to be as governor. Uh, Barbara Gordon is commissioner and all is right in the world and even Bruce Wayne comes out and says that I guess that Batman is a bunch of mercenaries that he's funding or something like that and a lot of people in of it, in but all this turns out to be a dream and um Harvey Denton is hallucinating because of the basic, uh, basically because of uh, what happens uh, uh with him going into said fire to save said kid doesn't exactly go the way he thought it was. And in fact, what happens, um, because of this, uh, let's just say brings more attention to someone that does not want the attention for reasons, uh, hint, see the name of the book, uh, or at least the, the alter ego of the name of the book, but also, uh, ends up, uh, um let's just say the start of a a a, pers- a a a a persona starts to rear itself because of what happens here uh, be- um at the near the end of this and because of what happened to this person in the fire that I the previous named so yes um another batman villain comes into the fold and also there's a bit in here about uh, him and uh, about batman and um Catwoman, who's already established, which pretty much sets this after the second movie. Which, as I told Agent 70 about, um, uh, while well before the show, it was like in a book called Batman 89, you would think it was because it was this was like right after the first uh movie and not after the second movie, which came a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. So that one was kind of misleading in that. So, but it is, it is definitely of that world as far as the character characterizations. Uh, or some characters because obviously there are some characters that don't show up in in none of the movies that are in this because they're they're kind of you know DCifying uh this world a little bit more um, so it's amusing and interesting, kind of weird, still the same because of, like i said uh some things don't necessarily play out you know this is supposedly trying to fill in uh i guess fill in some gaps between or potentially fill in some gaps between. A couple of the movies like uh, this and uh, Batman 89 and Returns with with a couple of things. And there's even uh, mentions of a certain psychiatrist who has yet to turn into a villain yet um, that gets mentioned a couple of times in, uh, in the pages of this issue. I mean, in the pages of this uh, book. So. And that, folks, is it for me. Uh, I guess we can go to Clicks of the Week. Clicks of the Week. So, we don't have anything from um our other cohorts because uh, neither one of them read anything apparently.
3: There's a ton of stuff out this week. It's kind of intimidating. I didn't have the best time reading some of these books that I that, that I read, but um, you know, I definitely have to give uh kudos to Al Ewing for, uh, you know, wrapping the Immortal Hulk with some some stuff to think about, you know, which, which is actually something that Roddy Cat and I talked about earlier, which is kind of interesting. You know, it didn't end on the cleanest of notes, but right. it also, you know, kind of made us think that we probably want to go back and reread it and maybe look for, if not a deeper meaning, additional meanings right. to the book so that's an interesting that's an interesting result of a fifty issue run um, I actually didn't mind avengers avengers forty nine mm-hmm. uh, despite some of the uh, despite some of the uh, the twists uh taken by some of the uh, the characters that that we saw in there and um, I kind of enjoyed the miles book just to see um, these two young Young whippersnappers kind of get a little bit of a comeuppance going after going up against a a, a really seasoned uh, <laughs> a, a bad guy. Right. You know, just kind of you know because you know they're going to come back with a vengeance, but you know this time they're going to get they're going to get their butts handed to them. Right. Um, hmm. I think I'm just going to go with the mortal Hulk 50, just because I think it's a you know got to give uh, Al Ewing his flowers, as they say.
1: Yeah, and again, we will probably revisit that at the end of the year. In um, and, 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 and some categories. Uh, I do agree, yeah, it was... I don't... I I weirdly kind of say it wasn't the cleanest of ends in Mortal Hulk, but it actually kind of was. Like, I feel like... I don't know, we, maybe we, I was expecting a little bit more from it than think that might have been suggested also by Agent 7. I'm not, I don't want to speak for him. Like, mm-hmm. um... Uh, Out of that, but it was still good, and it wasn't like they rushed anything, it was just like, Hey, here we go, here's the end of it, and here you go, serve it up. Uh, but that being said, I don't know, uh, I think Shang-Chi was all right. That uh, Marvel Legends Black Panther, Panther is kind of an interesting read. Um, the Transformers treads and circuits was kind of fun, there wasn't really anything that like. Popped out, popped out, but there was some definitely. I thought was some very good reads. That Miles' book was also was also kind of fun for what it was. Um. So, yeah, Avengers was alright too. Uh, hmm. Maybe I think I will go for. Not amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of slightly torn between that Transformers Treads and Circuits book and
3: um. Maybe Miles. Which I mean, Miles. Like I said, Miles is fun, but yeah. uh, I feel like, at least in, in in my humble opinion, I thought that uh, you know uh, the 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 way Immortal Hulk wrapped, mm. I thought. You know, just needed to be applauded.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. I, we were worried about it sticking the landing, and in some way, it did. But also, we were. It could be said that there were expectations.
3: Right, we're not, but then, like you said, we didn't even know what to expect. Exactly. So that's, that's the funniest part, right? We had no idea what to expect.
1: So, in in a way, we were met in with what we got. <laughs> um, hmm. why am i having so much time It should not take this much time you know what screw it transformers. transformers trend and circuits number one
3: there it is uh, just as i was starting the final jeopardy music yeah i know um and
1: like i said it was it was it was kind of an amusing read and the, the fact that all of those other properties that i said it, it it kind of, uh, hearkened to for me was, uh, interesting. Uh, so that's being said, we can move on to the
3: news section, but first an ad read, our first ad read of the night is for wink. The personalized wine club wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from Rose to Cabernet to Toronto Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Have you ever tried an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime. And now the listeners of the comic book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order to place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you. Go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. And now we get into the news.
1: And we start off with the cinematic news as we do every week about this time. No Time to Die actor uh, Lashana Lynch on whether we'll see her James Bond character again. I've not seen No Time to Die yet, so some part of this might be slightly spoilerish. I don't know. Yeah, neither have I. So, I'm just going to say that, uh, according to this article, Lashana Lynch has spoken about the future of her No Time to Die character, Nomi, uh, who's taken over the... Hmm. That's kind of a spoiler. All right. So, yeah... This character's kind of gone into a place uh, within that movie. Um, It seemed like it might be a place that some people would want it to go. Whether they keep up with that in in subsequent movies later on, we don't know. Uh, That's all I'll say about that.
3: Next, all righty. Oh, she did say she
1: would. She would love to revisit the character some more. Pretty basically.
3: All right, Stephen Amell shared some harsh words for fans of the popular Arrow uh, verse meme that repurposes the grave of his Arrow character Oliver Queen. Oy. So the meme began with a behind-the-scenes photo of the Flash star Grant Gustin throwing up a peace sign over the grave of Oliver Queen from the eighth and final season of Arrow. Uh, after the photo's first appearance online, it immediately gained traction as a meme, with users typically replacing Oliver's name on the grave and captioning Gustin to produce some hilarious results. Um, so basically, uh, Amel retweeted the meme to express his distaste, writing, could everyone who repurposes, repurposes, repurposes this photo kindly F off? And you know he's Canadian because
1: he said kindly. <coughs> right. So... Anyway, you know, there was a story about him that we never did. I don't think we talked about, but we're not going to get to. But but it does definitely have something to do with the, the show he's on now, which technically is not comic related. But I, I will mention that to you after the show to see if you actually. The wrestling
3: show, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you been watching it? Nope. I don't have stars. Oh. Well, it's. I've... I was just guessing. It's like It's either stars or uh cinemax which nope. either either of those two channels i don't have so right no you're right it stars um i've been
1: watching it with uh with uh with, with uh with my uh my lady friend and uh which weird no it's a wrestling show and i'm watching it <laughs> <laughs> mm. go figure but anyway, we'll talk about that later um legends of tomorrow's 100th episode just caught a captain cold but boom boom so, yeah, uh, those has been some time since Legends of Tomorrow counted uh, villain turned begrudging hero Captain Cold amongst his ranks following his death in the show's season one finale. Was that season one? I feel like it was later than that. But anyway, it's never taken all that much for characters to be miraculously resurrected in the CW's universes of uh, DC superheroes. Um, the legacy of Leonard Snart, as he's also called, Hulled, has continued to live on in larger Arrowverse where he's known to have become one of the legend's more invaluable members who is willing to sacrifice himself in order to save those that he loved or at least put up with as I remember it uh, in celebration of Legends of Tomorrow's hitting uh, its 100th episode this fall however Snart's due to make a full on comeback with actor Wentworth Miller reprising the role for an in-universe uh, trip down memory lane And there's a recent interview with T-Line about this, uh, where the executive producer explained how the upcoming season seven episode will revolve around the Gideon, the artificial intelligence controlling the legend ship, as it reminisces about some of the adventures it's gone on over the years. So basically, uh, to put this in anime terms, it's a clip show or that's what it sounds like from from what from what this article is saying. Whether it bears out like that, I don't know. But that's what it sounds like from what this article is saying, which is kind of funny to me. Um, it says here that it made the most sense for the retroactive, uh, retrospective episode to be from Gideon's point of view. Clemmer explained. Phil Clemmer explained because all, out of all of the legends, it's the one with the most perfect recall, who has simply been there for everything, which is true. Next up.
3: All right, Young Justice Phantoms has unveiled a new unveiled a new poster for their upcoming seasons, which reunites the original team. Young Justice returns for its fourth season on HBO Max, after its return from a six-year hiatus on the now defunct DC Universe app. Has it been that long? It's been a while. Jeez, Although, I feel
1: like it's Series- been i feel like it hasn't been long since season three and well i was assuming, i feel like it was longer between season two and three than season three and four but i could be wrong time is a con- time is a con- Yeah,
3: time is just <laughs> you know all out of whack for us we know mm-hmm. thanks pandemic mm-hmm. so the series follows a group of young superheroes who undergo covert ops missions that the justice league cannot do to cannot undergo due to their high profile status Uh, Let's see. Ahead of DC Fandom this weekend, um, a new poster has been unveiled for Young Justice Phantoms. Collider released a poster that puts the focus on the original members of the team from Season 1, minus Wally West Kid Flash, who, spoiler alert, died at the end of Season 2. No official release date is given, but the poster does tease it. we will be streaming soon to HBO Max, so an official release date announcement is likely imminent. The poster has Zatanna on it with Aqualad... I forget who that character is on the bottom left. Superboy, uh, uh, Ms. Tiger. Martian. Uh, I forget who that character is on the left. And Nightwing.
1: Wait. Uh, so bottom left is Tigress, a.k.a. Uh, Artemis. Mm, okay. Um, wait. Oh, uh, you're talking about top left? Yeah, top left. Rocket. Okay. Because, yeah, at the end of Season 3, they did make a whole new team, and I guess I think there's going to be a whole new another time jump after according to this, which is not outside of Rome Possibility. I could have sworn there was a release date for this, by the way, because I could have sworn I saw something on like that, but I guess not in this article. Uh, but I guess we'll find out more this uh, the DC fandom, which is, by the way, uh, as the time of this recording, uh, this coming Saturday, which is... The next day from where we are right now. at this point of the program. Uh, and we'll be after. Uh, after this program. Or after this. Uh, <laughs> if you're. Listening to the audio version. So we'll probably have some news on it. Coming out of it next week. Next. up, um, Aquaman King of Atlantis exclusive clip. See the first four minutes of episode one. Uh, so yeah. This is a decidedly different take on Aquaman. And apparently, you can watch four minutes of uh, the first episode uh, from the, this article, which is going to be uh, on uh, H- the show's going to be on HBO Max soon. And uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about this art style. But not the first time they, they've, they've taken a property and gone a different way with it. See Teen Titans go. Now, whether this is going to end up the same way or is it going to be that same feat, we don't know. But like I said, the art style is drastically different from what what they've been doing.
3: Next up. All right. As part of New York Comic Con 2021, DC launched a toll-free number to promote its upcoming HBO Max series, Peacemaker, uh, a spinoff of The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. The official Peacemaker Twitter account wrote, if you're committed to peace, call 1-833-4PSSMKR. Hashtag NYCC. Those who call that number are greeted by the message you have now joined the Task Force X meeting, which Peacemaker was late to.
1: Which is kind of funny because PSS just reminds me of a bodily function. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's probably intentional. Uh, The Batman teaser drops ahead of DC Fandom trailer, uh, it seems. So DC has released a new trailer for The Batman ahead of this weekend's uh, Fandom which will feature a new trailer for Matt Reeves adaptation of the dark Knight*. Uh, although the teaser is a short one because it's a teaser. Um, it sure helps to build the hype for the next DC fandom, which will bring news about all major films, TV series and games inspired by DC heroes. Uh, the teaser shows the bat center lighting lightning up in a red light. I don't know what they have this, what's the deal with this red light, but it just keeps giving me daredevil vibes. And I feel like that's intentional. Uh, but regardless, that teaser out there. If you've seen it, you've seen it. I have not. Um, but I guess probably between that and Fandom, I'll see it at some point soon.
3: Next. Uh, Star Trek looks back on 55 years of boldly going in a new documentary series. Um documentary series the center seat 55 years of star trek will consist mostly of interviews with cast and crew members across the beloved long-running franchise providing sort of an oral history of the show um so there is a trailer for it is there a release date in the article
1: uh release date nope does not res. well see press release doesn't specify how many episodes or give a release date other than this fall
3: Oh, well, it, it arrives on the History Channel this fall, and it is narrated by Gates McFadden, otherwise known as Dr. Beverly Crusher. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's also made by the people who
1: did uh, the movies that made us and the toys that made us.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah, Created by the Nacelle Company. Yeah, those they, they do good work. Brian Volkweiss, they mm-hmm. do very good work. You should watch um, the, the the movies that made us. that They just released a couple of new uh, – uh, several new episodes uh, this past week. And I think I caught the the ones that caught my eye. I think the RoboCop one and I want to say Aliens. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it out there. Uh, I have there's it a bunch of this. Halloween ones. Right. The Die Hard one is really good. Nice. And apparently they did
1: also did Disney Plus is behind the attraction. Uh, so there you go. But yeah, I, I've seen at least one or two episodes of The Toys That Made Us, and I want to go through some of the rest of them and I definitely will check out The, the Movies That Made Us. Maybe check out this because I'm a I like Star Trek.
3: Have you seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one? That's no, an excellent one. Not yet. That's an excellent one. The t- no the, the the toy one. Mm-hmm. The toys that made us. Right. You absolutely must watch that one. That is a quality quality show. I believe you've mentioned that one before. Yeah. And I'll definitely definitely check that out.
1: Next up, though, uh, excuse me, Star Trek Prodigy and Holographic Janeway hold world premiere, revealed new secrets at uh, NYCC. Uh, the USS Protostar is ready to boldly go. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy is almost here, and fans got an advanced agreement of the preview, uh, premiere episode at uh, New York Comic-Con uh, 2021. The new animated Star Trek series is a joint venture between Paramount Animation and Nickelodeon Animation, and it features the holographic return of Trek legend Catherine Janeway, a.k.a. Kate Mulgrew, uh, and uh, according to his articles, there's coffee in that nebula okay Uh, Mm -hmm. the show is set in the delta quadrant and finds six outcasts flying off in a star trek vessel none of them even know what star trek is but through their adventures on the uss protostar and lessons from the holographic janeway they will come to learn all about it um so yeah apparently the the co-creators um hit the stage at new york comic con to let audiences know that they would be the first to, see the, to see the premiere. And there's a trailer attached to this article if you want to see said trailer.
3: Next. Next up... Star Trek Discovery debut season four trailer and premiere date. So, uh... Season four of Discovery picks up on... November eighteenth on paramount plus in the u s and uh, it will find the crew of the discovery contending with a massive anomaly that is five light years in size threatening to destroy life throughout the galaxy. The event is so catastrophic that it pulls together worlds that are in the Federation and outside of it there was in fact a big star trek discovery uh exhibit at New York comic con this year hmm. and i think i I'm pretty sure they 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 showed um the the first episode to a small panel nice um i feel like this is well, not, not a group. small panel small a small group of uh, you know people who are on that panel sure
1: um i feel like uh having a an anomaly it sounds it sounds like a familiar it sounds like a specific familiar uh, episode of uh, star trek but i don't know and i'm not caught up on uh, discovery anyway. And I don't even know if they've even hinted around to it or this is this first episode is the one that brings that about. Regardless, I'm looking forward to catching up on it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Archer bids farewell to Jessica Walter in emotional season 12 scene. Uh, spoiler alert for this in a way. Like, we already know that Jennifer Walters has passed uh, a while ago so they were going to have to deal with um her character in some way, shape or form, I guess. And I have not been keeping up with, uh, Archer to know where her character was in the first place, but I assumed, I bet, I think she was still on the show or her and her character was definitely still on the show un- until her passing. So I guess an upcoming episode is going to, um, address it. In some kind of way. And I don't want to read this article because I'm probably at some point it's going to catch up on it. And I know it's going to be, which is going to be sad, you know, but, uh, next up,
3: Next up, Critical Role, the wildly popular Dungeons & Dragons actual play series, is coming to Amazon Prime with an animated series called The Legend of Vox Machina. The series will premiere on February 4th, 2022 on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, on Friday, This past Friday, during a presentation at New York Comic Con, the Critical Role team revealed the cartoon's opening title sequence. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, big big thing. Uh, if you ever watch Critical Role and like Dungeons & Dragons, it's cool uh let's see boop, boop, boop. what if writer receives hate mail over multiple iron man deaths people get a life <laughs> uh writer ac bradley says that she's been getting hate mail for multiple It's always women writers, uh, writers by the way also that, that's punk ass people anyway um actually that's not always true but regardless um she's been getting hate mail for multiple iron man deaths in what marvels what if uh, Marvel Studios' fourth series on... Just, I know it just ended with an introduction in to the Guardians of the Universe, where I know we talked about it last week. Um, its first season had many buzzworthy The elements along, um, excuse me, among them were several versions of Tony Stark's death. So, cut to it. but uh Bradley talked to Entertainment Weekly to unpack the show's finale. She also um, explained the existence of Thanos killing Gamora and Space Iron Man. I saying that the story was delayed to season two, which we also talked about that, uh, hinted around that last, uh, last, uh, episode of this podcast. Uh, she then promised, uh, that in this outing, Tony Stark doesn't die to appease the fans that's been sending her hate mail because the character's multiple deaths in the season, which booed kill his ass more. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, quote-unquote. Yeah, due to the pandemic, one of our core production houses... Oh, well, we kind of talked about that, so yeah, that episode had to be uh, cut because of uh, pandemic issues. But, uh, once again, folks, get a fucking life. And sending death threats to people just because you don't like the way they handled some stupid shit. I, I again, I hope they keep killing the character because of that. But anyway. So <laughs> uh, Or don't put them in at all. I don't know. Mm. I know that's not going to happen,
3: but, you know, next up. Next up, Don Cheadle discussed his upcoming solo Disney Plus series, Armor Wars, and how it will flesh out Rhodey beyond his connection to Tony Stark. Speak of the devil, the actor spoke to Ace Universe about the show, which has yet to land a release date on Disney Plus. Announced back in December, Armor Wars will adapt the popular Marvel comic story with a twist. Iron Man won't be part of it. Instead, the series will explore the uh, Explorer War Machine. Okay yeah
1: that's pretty much what we know. We know he's sounds sound like he might be going through the same motions as what Tony was going to be doing, but we'll we'll see how that plays out I guess Lego Star Wars terrifying Tales poster has porgs recreating the shining. Have you watched this? No, no, no yeah. I saw Tim mention something I about gone it it yeah, I saw Tim mention something about it on Twitter because uh, I think maybe one of, I think one of the writers. He follows or something like that, I don't know. But regardless, uh, Star Wars Universe has brought some early Halloween chills to Disney Plus on, uh, I guess, this past Friday, uh, when Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales arrived on the platform. And recently, the streaming service dropped a brand new piece of artwork that kept with the spooky theme by playing a homage to Stanley Kubrick's take on the Stephen King uh, hotel horror story, The Shining. With um, Porgs. Yes, as bizarre as it sounds, a hilarious but strangely eerie sight of two Porgs first seen in The Force Awakens standing in a Lego-built version of the Overlook Hotel's corridor is something that is nothing short of genius, according to this article, writer. Uh, com- coming with the tagline, all worker, no Porg makes Darth a dull toy, uh, which is also the play on the repeated line of Jackson's uh, manic author. Y'all know what The Shining is. If you don't, you watch that movie, doggone it. Uh, so yeah, that seems kind of, uh, uh, amusing. Uh, I have yet to watch this, but maybe I will check it out.
3: Next up. Next up, Marvel made, made an interesting change to the Eternals trailer and added several Avengers Endgame scenes. Uh, I have my tickets already, by the way, for oh, nice. Actually, I should double check, I should double check the date on that, but, um. Uh yeah, yeah. So they just added a couple new scenes, mm-hmm. but with added dust effect. That's what it is. Okay, right. Yeah.
1: So there is definitely there is a new trailer out, and then there's a couple other spots and whatnot. And and I know there is another featurette which I was gonna put in, but I decided. Well, actually, did I put in the uh, No. There's a there's another video that's a featurette that talks about uh that's pretty much a behind the scenes and Feige's talking and a couple of cast members talking. And this and then the other, so you can check all of that out. Uh, speaking of the internals, uh, the r- runtime has been confirmed of uh Marvel's Eternals, and it is reported that is 156 minutes, uh, which is like what t- two hours and 30 some odd minutes, something like that. I'm, my math is fuzzy on this <laughs> time math. Mm. Uh, boop uh it is 2.6 really not 2.6 hours <laughs> regardless the uh there you go folks uh it's apparently the the longest uh marvel movie to date i think uh if i'm not mistaken
3: so We're probably going to be looking at lots of vistas. That's what uh, mm. Chloe Zhao is good at, you know. Mm. So we're probably going to be, like, luxuriating in those shots. Right. And I'm going to take this next one while we're
1: at it, uh, because in, in relation to that, there's two uh, post-credit scenes, and apparently, according to uh, Chloe Zhao, both equally substantial and, uh, um, for their implications for the MCU's future.
3: I mean, she's kind of preaching to the choir for those of us who are uh, MCU veterans, Pretty but much. I guess she has to tell that to people anyway, you know? Right.
1: So, when Fandetico asked uh, Zhao to confirm that there would be, in fact, something special during the internals in uh, credits, she replied, Yes, don't just stay for the first credit scene, also stay for the second one. They are equally important in weight and they, and both have big surprises for you, she says.
3: There you go. Next. Right, so yeah, I just confirmed, yeah, so November 4th, I will not be on the show, <laughs> we will be in Movie Protocol, sure. so that is not that far away right now, That is it's only nice. a couple of weeks.
1: Right, um, hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm debating about whether I'm going to do that, and that's also my wife's birthday, so I don't,
3: hmm. Yeah, but you haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, so no rush for you, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, I know, but I might have seen it by that time.
3: Right, so yeah, so it's actually three shows from now. So we have two more shows before we go back into movie protocol. But of course, um, closer to the time we will we will reiterate. But yes. Next. Up. All right. Next up in some of the big casting news that came out this week, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will follow through on a teaser from the end of uh, Volume Two by finally introducing Adam Warlock in the third movie. Deadline is reporting and has been. It's been confirmed by James Gunn that. Um, the, the movie has cast Will Poulter from Midsummer and Black Mirror and Bandersnatch as the character that was first teased at the end of 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, none other than Adam Warlock. I know him as the annoying kid from We Are the Millers. And I know him as uh, who? No, no going. kidding. You actually didn't even. I didn't know the name, but as soon as I saw the face, I was like, "Oh, is that annoying kid from the We Are the Millers?" I've seen none of those.
1: Uh, not Minsomar, not Black uh, Mirror, or that thing you just mentioned. So, gotcha. Next up, uh, the Expanse season. The Expanse season six gets a tense, action-packed first look. Um, the the sixth and final season of The Expanse will be arriving in just a few short months, and Amazon threw in a teaser as part of its New York Comic Con uh, 2021 panel for good measure. Uh, see, 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 see. Here are the details you've been screaming for: uh, Screaming Firehawks. This season, The Expanse will be a weekly drop on Amazon Prime, starting December tenth, and running through the finale on January fourteenth. So there's no binging of this one unless you wait till it's all over. Uh, according to this article, but why would you wait? Uh, apparently, some somebody from season five comes back, and probably some other stuff that I should probably shouldn't be reading because
3: I'm not caught up. So moving right along, there you go. Next, next up, new art of the antagonist Suguru Geto or Gito, has been released, depicting how the arrogant curse user will appear in the upcoming. Jujutsu Kaisen Zero prequel movie, as reported by Crunchyroll, the new art of Gito was revealed alongside a set of new images of the cast, which will adorn the movie's pre-order tickets in Japan. The new movie takes place before the events depicted in the main Jujutsu Kaisen anime and manga series. Okay,
1: so I, I guess uh, in some kind of way, if you're, you could say this is ghetto. Oh no. If you're watching the video version, that was a poor joke, but you know what? We're going to keep it rolling. Uh I was about to
3: say is his first name Timothy? Oh gosh.
1: <laughs> I do not believe so. Uh Demon Slayer Season 2 trailer shows off entertainment. Middle
3: name Layla? I mean, anyway.
1: Um. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh uh Demon Slayer Season 2 trailer shows off Entertainment District uh Arc and Mugen Train Arc. Um, a new Demon Slayer uh, trailer has given us a glimpse in season two new villain, the major Demon Daki, and other footage from the Entertainment District arc and Mugen Train arc. Uh, I am not caught up on either one. Uh, on well, I'm not caught up. Definitely not caught up to to. Um, Mugen Train, which is the movie slash the beginning arc, I guess, of this thing. Have
3: you start, I was going to say, have you
1: started that Demon Slayer at all? No, not yet. Uh, the trailer was released during New York Comic Con and arrived a couple of days uh, before the show's uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train panel, where the English ca- voice cast shared some of their favorite memories from the film and series. To which, I believe that was on Saturday, which you didn't get the chance to check out, right?
3: Right, but I did have a chance to watch this video um, uh, earlier this week. Right, since it released, and uh, it's good. And I watched um, the new episode, the new Mugen Train, epi- the new Mugen Train arc episode. All right, that came started. out this past weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, it's actually uh, uh, you know it's it's totally new. It doesn't you know it doesn't really uh, include any animation from the movie itself. Gotcha. But after after this first episode of the arc, they're going to start kind of rehashing. Uh, some of the stuff that happened during the movie with uh, additional scenes and and different music and whatnot. So uh, I enjoyed it. It's fun. You know, um, I needed to refresh my memory of uh, who some of the characters are because I watched Demon Slayer a while ago now. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot of anime uh, uh, under my belt since. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, like I said, it's it's not unlike what they did
3: with uh, Dragon Ball Super, which, speaking of, Right, so uh, Toei Animation revealed a new trailer for Dragon Ball Super Superhero, the second anime film in the Dragon Ball Super franchise during New York Comic Con this past Thursday. The video previews new characters and a new CG animation style. The film is scheduled to premiere in 2022 in Japan. The release schedule may differ depending on each country and region. As the name suggests, the film will have a focus on the superhero aspect. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah uh some very amusing news uh animatics parodies thundercats in its first season two clip i don't know if you got a chance to watch this uh 1870
3: i did it's funny yeah
1: it's pretty good um so when the animaniacs returned with a brand new season uh on hulu last year the end of the result was something nostalgic but regardless of all that uh premiering the series is uh New York Comic-Con 2021 panel featuring the voice actors Jess Harnell, uh, Tress McNeil, and Rob Paulson. uh, And uh, Maurice LaMarche, Uh, the clip below has the Warner Assembly spoofed Thundercats. And you should watch it because it's pretty good. Uh, It's called The 80s Cats. So there you go. Next up. uh, Oh, wait. Now we go over into the comic book news. Hey, guess what, folks? You've been waiting for this, or maybe you haven't. Acclaimed comic series saga finally returns this January. Yeah,
3: this was the big comic book announcement coming out of New York Comic Con.
1: It surely was, because there was a slightly minor minor flame (laughs) uh, uh, that sparked up on on Twitter because of this. Uh, People love them some saga. I have never read it.
3: (laughs) But anyway... uh, I have the first two or three trades and i haven't read it either so yeah it's a definitely a blind spot for this show yes i actually i think i also have the first two or three trades and and yeah similarly
1: have not read it um but why the last man uh writer brian k vaughn together with artist fiona staples made a long-awaited announcement at um bond's spotlight panel on at 2021 new york comic con Saga, their heart-wrenching, twist-filled, sexy, violent, operatic space epic, will return to publication after a lengthy hiatus in 2022. Quote-unquote, uh, I've really missed connecting with readers through the pages of Saga, Staples said uh, via a news release. So I'm thrilled to roll up my sleeves and dive into this world again. The next arc is already going places I never imagined. So, there you go, folks. January. Catch it. As uh, matter of fact, specifically, Saga 55 will be an extra-long issue, 44 pages rather than the usual 22, for the same price, uh, and the book will hit shelves January 26th, 2022.
3: Next. Uh, Chris Claremont returns to the days before the launch of Excalibur in X-Men Legends. Um Chris Claremont makes his debut in the X-Men Legends title in issue number 12 in February. Claremont will be joined by artist Scott Eaton and cover artist Alan Davis for for a story setting in Uncanny X-Men continuity before the launch of 1988's Excalibur, which not coincidentally was drawn by Alan Davis. It's good to see Alan Davis still out there drawing covers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, apparently they just repurposed an article for this and, and updated it with that with that bit of impression in which that's weird
3: anyway right. uh, apparently I was about to say the rest of the article is that in January Walt and Wheezy Simonson are going to do another X Factor no they're doing a new instead of X Factor it's a new mutant story right which I think we've talked about no no I was about to say is Walt doing the art on that I thought it was just Wheezy writing it uh, no I believe they're, they're both
1: coming back for that one
3: oh interesting okay yeah,
1: yeah. It says Walt and yeah, Louise and Walt Simonson are returning, so I guess he is. Yeah,
3: because I don't remember
1: Walt being on New Mutants, so right. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it mean, does definitely say here. Um, so yeah. Anyway, look forward to that. I still need to catch up on X Men Legend. Um, but uh, X Men's Barrage's uh, Annual Number One passes the Church for a new creative team in January. So Steve Orlando, who's been getting a lot of work lately, apparently is going to take over uh, Marauders. So let's see here. Uh, uh, Duggins. Oh, wait. Steve Orlando is replacing uh, Jerry Duggan in January 22 as the uh, title's ongoing writer. Duggan's departure from Marauders was previously all but confirmed by Marvel, who told uh, Newsarama to expect incoming announcements regarding changes to the title. Along with likely changes to the title Savage Avengers, also currently written by Duggan, which means are they going to actually end it this time, or <laughs> or what? Um, Duggan recently took the reins of Marvel's core uh, X-Men title from the departing writer Jonathan Hickman, meaning that his exit from Marauders has likely been in the cards for some time. As for Orlando, his run on Marauders will kick off in January 12th, uh, Marauders annual number one which uh, features interior art by Chris Lee and a cover by Russell Dauterman. Uh, it's unclear whether Lee will continue on with Orlando when the writer takes over the Marauder's uh, ongoing title, his first ongoing series for Marvel Comics. Which, part of that feels like it's not true lately, but I guess it is. I don't know. Regardless, um... It's also yet to be renounced, announced whether Marauders will re- re- relaunch with a new number one or continue with the numbering of its current volume. Because as we know,
3: when Jared Duggan took over it, they did renumber it. Uh, next up, though. Devil's Reign, the next chapter in writer Chip Zdarsky and artist Marco Cochetto's Daredevil Saga, will be what Marvel Comics calls a classic-style crossover event. The six-issue limited series is part of eight upcoming titles Marvel considers tentpole titles that will shape the future of the Marvel Universe in the months to come. The series begins December 1st with Devil's Reign number one, and in addition to tying into other Marvel titles, is the lead-in to an unnamed new series to follow afterwards. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Doctor Octopus leads a demented Fantastic Four in Devil's Reign event. Speaking of, a new tie-in to Marvel's upcoming Devil's Reign event sees Doctor Octopus uh, forming his own take on the Fantastic Four, totally comprised of a different of different versions of himself. Uh, CBR has exclusive preview of the cover for Devil's Reign Superior Four, a four issue series penned by Zach Thompson, and penciled by David Tinto. Uh, the book sees Otto Octavius forming a team comprised of, uh, composed of different versions of himself from multi- Marvel's Multiverse. And the core cover by Ivan Shravman hints at appearances from the uh, autos of Earth 614, 615, and 617. And uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover of uh, Devil's Reign Superior 4 right there.
3: Next. All righty, next up. It uh, looks like I'm going to have to open this article. Did I, I think I'm, so uh, Bruce, Bruce Banner transforms into the Hulk when he's angry, thanks to gamma radiation. But where does that extra mass comes from? Black Widow apparently has a solution. So this is something that's coming out of uh, the most recent issue of Black Widow. Um, yeah, it's got to do with those twins. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um Yeah, I mean, you know, anyone who wants to read this can read this. I'm not gonna go through all this.
1: Yeah. And we talked about that issue last week before last I can't remember what it was, and yeah, the the the, the folk Crimson twins and their mass shaped uh, mass changing thing is basically mm-hmm. the crux of this article. Um Immortal Hulk fin- finale reveals how the leader separated banner and fix it. Uh, we didn't necessarily go through that part about it, but you know, we've already talked about that. Uh we we talked about the uh, Motor Hulk finale um at nauseum. So, you know, you can go and check this out for yourself if you want to get that part about it. Next.
3: Alrighty. Next up. Um Marvel's classic duo of writer Ron Mars and artist Ron Lim are returning to uh, the Silver Surfer uh, in a new five-issue limited series called Silver Surfer Rebirth. Rebirth follows in the footsteps of recent series like X-Men Legends and Symbiote Spider-Man that have seen iconic creators revisit the characters that made them famous. Uh, One of the things they're going to do is um, have the Silver Surfer search for the reality gem and... A mysterious figure has stolen the gem and used it to bring back the original Captain Marvel. Okay. And it's up to the surfer and none other than Thanos, the mad titan, to set reality straight. If you call him Thanos, I got one thing for you.
1: Well, all right. Stronger pains of uh, 1870 are his own, but kind of also funny. Um. <laughs> Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is getting a comic book miniseries in 2022. Uh, in celebration of its opening at Walt Disney World in 2022, Star Wars Galactic uh, Star Cruiser will be getting a five-issue comic book miniseries that will focus on the mini voyages of the uh, uh, Halcyon. Not to be confused with that character that's in the Iron Man book. Uh, the Star Cruiser that this experience takes place on so basically, it's another book based on an attraction um, at an amusement park. Unlike, I mean, not unlike that WB of Spider-Man uh, miniseries. As detailed on StarWars.com, this miniseries, which is uh, which is uh, which is titled Star Wars: House uh, of Legacy, excuse me, is being written by Star Wars Bounty Hunters um, Ethan Sachs and features art by Star Wars: The Rise of Kylo Ren's Will Sliney. Uh this team also worked on Star Wars Galactic's Edge. Uh which man is a typo. ITN, come on. Um comic miniseries that launched in twenty nineteen. So yeah, okay. I guess this is a well, this is definitely another High Republic era book. Uh if I'm not mistaken. According to this article, it looks like that's the case. So cool. Next up.
3: Next up, the latest update for Marvel's Avengers video game adds a variety of paid experience and resource boosts, breaking Crystal Dynamics' promise that the game would only ever include cosmetic micro microtransactions. So according to a new blog post, the in-game store for Marvel's Avengers now contains a section for consumables. These items, which can be bought with real money, increase all sorts of good stuff that players want to use. Um, and, it, and this is where I tell people of the comic game, I mean, excuse me,
1: of the video gaming community, you don't have to buy this. This changes very little about the experience. Like, granted, well, I'll take that back. It kind of does. It very much changes the experience because I know that, uh, it's been a, a little bit of a grind, uh, right. It yeah, doesn't necessarily
3: watch. change your experience, exactly. but or you, you don't have to
1: pay for it. Right. Exactly because I know people like to like to bitch about stuff like this uh, uh, necessarily or unnecessarily so and yeah like I said it is like granted I'm not sitting here saying that it's not a problem because it kind of is because of the changes that they made to XP in the first place that made this thing more apparent so but still again you don't have to do it (laughs) just vote with your dollars if if you feel so strongly about it or lack thereof. Uh, Marvel's Galaxy, Gar- no, Marvel's Galaxy: Guardians of the Galaxy. Excuse me, folks. Caffeine's getting to me. Um, <laughs> Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy shares Star Lord music videos, licensed tracklist revealed. Uh, so, Eidos Montreal's upcoming Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game is looking quite promising, according to this article, with brand new single-player adventure putting uh, players in the space boots of the team leader, Star Lord. Boy, I still wish that you could play as the whole team. That is just me uh, editorializing this. Uh, the game was first revealed at E3 of this year. We've talked about this a, a few different times on this year's program, so we don't necessarily need to go through, through go past on that. Uh, the decision to go for an 80s-inspired soundtrack for the game has been discussed before. And, of course, you know, 80s music has been all up and through the Galaxy of movies. So, not surprising that they would have it in a video game. Uh, that is me also editorializing uh that being said we got a track listing and we got a music video uh and also let's see what it says idols montreal's two music videos for zero to hero single are worth a watch according to this article especially because the in-game band star lord is where quill got his name in this universe uh the first of the videos is short and animated with an art, art style reminiscent of the other art- uh, of other cartoons from the 80s Somewhat resembles uh, human masters of the universe, and each member of the band goes. uh, Wait, goes. Each member of the band travels the galaxy. That's a weird sentence structure here on on this. Travel the galaxy to take on an uh, intergalactic threat. Anyway, the the, the 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 if you're interested, the the music videos are on this article, and I believe is the track list, which is not actually in the article, but a link probably to it. The um, obviously since there's going to be so much licensed movie, uh, uh, licensed uh, music in here, and according to this article, the video game is going to have a stream friendly mode of it you still probably want to be careful because it doesn't seem because we're not really sure of the uh these two tracks are licensed. So yeah. Be careful streaming this, which I'm debating it as for to I'm debating on streaming it. Uh but we'll see when that comes cause this game comes out really soon.
3: Next uh related to this game the official twitter account for the guardians of the galaxy video game has confirmed that adam warlock just like in the next movie will in fact be appearing as a character in the new game
1: okay Council surprise um star wars the republic is testing a combat style revamp So, uh, in the build-up to the 10th anniversary of Star Wars World Republic and the release of the Legacy of the Sith expansion, one of the add-ons elements is being trialed on the public's test server. Uh, As well as a new storyline, Legacy of the Sith is adding combat styles, which will let the players choose the ability of different classes. So, previously, you could choose up uh, from one or two advanced classes at level 10 um, and uh, go from there, basically. So, yeah apparently they are currently trialing the powertech mercenaries, juggernaut, and marauder combat styles, and they've been doing some make some changes to those um while they've been under the, the uh public test service, so cool, yeah, games cool next up uh,
3: what are we up to Marvel tabletop, yep. Marvel fans have some great games to choose from in the tabletop realm, and now there is one additional one. Roxley Games recently revealed that their popular Dice Throne franchise is teaming up with Marvel for a brand new edition of their hit game, and Marvel Dice Throne is heading to Kickstarter on October 25th. No other details on the Kickstarter or the new Marvel version of Dice Throne were revealed just yet. But hopefully, as things get closer to the big launch, there will be more details on which heroes the core game will include, any updated mechanics, and what heroes or villains will possibly be utilized as stretch goals in the campaign. In the meantime, check out the teaser video that is posted on the page that Roddy Cat has up in front of you. Yay. Uh, Suicide Squad
1: killed the Justice League posters include a question for the Joker. Which, uh, wait, is the question going to be in this video game? Uh, Rocksteady Entertainment revealed a new collection of uh, character posters for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, providing a better look at the game's main characters. Each poster features a member of the titular Suicide Squad uh, staring uh, intimidatingly down at the camera. Uh, King Shark, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, and Deadshot are all present, each one posing with their weapons of choice. While King Shot's uh, machete and Dead Shot's rifle are mincing in a general size, Harley's revival sports a full, fun detail. Uh, scratched into the barrel of the guns, all the words, Who's Laughing Now? Okay, then not what I just asked. Uh, suggesting that the chaotic anti hero has had um, a falling out with the Joker. Uh, it's currently unknown whether Suicide Squad uh, killed the Justice League is framing uh, the pair as a separated couple or whether it features an original take on the toxic relationship. Uh, each of the images were posted on a different developer by a different developer at Rocksteady Entertainment. So, and of course, the uh, tweets attached uh, with those said posters are on this um on this article if you so choose to uh, check it out. And of course, there's going to be no more news on it at DC Fandom next.
3: Sorry, uh, Gotham Knights teases more court of owls with a spooky clip. Um, mm-hmm. So this is uh, some some more stuff that we're going to find out at DC Fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game Gotham Knights game developers are ramping up something big. Okay. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, DC launches its first digital card game, which I'm slightly kind of excited about, weirdly enough. Not weirdly enough, if you know anything about me. Uh, DC Comics announced DC Dual Force, a new digital trading card game that sees players collecting and battling iconic, iconic heroes like Batman and Superman. Uh, licensed by Warner Brothers Entertainment on behalf of DC Comics, and developed by Cryptozoic Entertainment and Yooks, uh... Which that part is kind of weird. Uh, DC Dual Force is a quick to learn and fun to master collectible card game that sees that we'll see. Wait, wait, wait!
3: wait. Did, who, who, wait, who developed this? Youth? Ukes. Oh, I, yeah. I say Ukes. I thought you said Ute's. I thought you were like my cousin <laughs> Vinny. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Sometimes I, I think about
3: that way. As soon as, as you said,
1: as soon as you said you, I thought you said Ute's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two Ute's. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Zuma, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Ukes. Who I think is more famous? Well, well Ukes is. Um, is um, I believe they used to do. Uh, wrestling game the, the the licensed wrestling games I think it's like they may be trying to get back to it and Dragon Ball Z games I can't remember but yeah you is a known quantity in the realm of video games not for not for collectible card games though so this is like I said new anyway um, da, 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 da. so basically it's a collectible card games there's a trailer here and I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be a little bit more uh, on NDC Fandom uh and this is going to come out and there's a trailer on here it'll be free to play uh there's some heroes there's some villains uh and yeah like i said yep coming soon in 2022 don't know the platforms most likely mobile though uh from the way it looks um maybe on pc hopefully but yes this seems mobile worthy at some point if it's not at first next up
3: Next up, so um, this is a, a big article with toy news for the for last week. So just very quickly, uh, Hasbro Marvel Legends Stealth Suit Captain Carter has been revealed. Uh, the figure is exclusive to Target, and you'll have to wait until early 2022 for it to release. Uh, Lego the Batman sets have been uh, announced, and uh, some of it is slightly spoilerish, but you can see what the Lego Batman, what the uh, Batman Batmobile is going to look like in Lego form, including the technique, the techniques uh, version. Uh Neca El- Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Um, is coming out with an 8-inch figure from NECA, featuring a full fabric outlet and loads of articulation. Okay. It's available for pre-order now for $40. And it's expected in February of
0: 2022.
3: Uh, there's a Ducktail Scrooge McDuck figure, Power Rangers Retro Collection Zords, a NECA Gargoyle's Demona figure. That's cool. Uh, Thor's Mjolnir Hammer Water Bottle. I think that's the... I think that's... Uh, being reissued or i guess i didn't know that was new um but that's pretty cool and uh a zing air go go bird butterfly Uh, it's a robotic bird or butterfly that flies by flapping its wings okay yeah solid
1: um the next uh, article is, well it's not even an article it's basically a link to the figure that uh, agent 70 um showed earlier the the uh Super Saiyan son Goku kaio figure that No
3: no let's do it with the accent. it's Super Saiyan <laughs> Yes. Yes. For those yes. of you who, who who refuse to watch uh, anime with the dub and watch it with the subs, that's yes. exactly how it sounds. It's the Super Saiyan God, uh, Kaioken, aka SSGSS.
1: You know. Um. So yeah, or SSJ, as some, as uh, I believe, it's some 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 places said. But yeah. So yeah, you can. Uh, it's a uh, it's like uh, April twenty twenty two is the delivery month. Pre-orders are already on sale as of this recording. Oh wait, April twenty twenty two. Wait, it says here pre-orders have closed. So you, basically, you're 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 you're
3: late. You got shut out now. Yeah, I think it was open when I last looked. Right.
1: Yeah, it was uh October tenth to the thirteenth. So basically, when um it was done before we even started recording. So oopsies. sorry about that folks yeah. but i got mine already so uh, <laughs> ha ha so screw everybody else and third we um banning
3: poo yeah but watch <laughs> out for third barkers cuz they will try to get you um <laughs> Next Super, up, uh, yes. Super 7 has launched the second wave of figures in their Power Rangers Ultimates line, which offers high and 7 inch scale figures with tons of articulation and some of the best accessories on the market. Wave 2 includes Mighty Morphin Power Rangers figures of Red Ranger, Pink Ranger, King Sphinx, Rita Repulsa, and Dragon Sword, and they are all available for pre order now, unlike the Super Saiyan God Takayo Ken Uh Take a look at this page for details.
1: Yep, and you can see the figures in that, then that image right there, and that, that's yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, let's see. Oh, DC's new Superman, John Kent, comes out as bisexual. This has been the big news in the last couple of days. Yes, to say the least, on the, the twitters. Um, so yeah, uh, in November's Superman, Son of Kal El, number five, written by Tom Teller and artist John Timms, uh, colorist Gabe Eltab and letterer J F Sharp. Uh, yeah. John Kent came out as bisexual. Also, and... Well, now,
3: no, I was about to say, the issue hasn't come out yet, but they've announced that it's coming out, so they're creating some hype for the issue. Oh. So, basically, they spoiled that? Because I know the yeah, of it. Because it's in November. Right. Because, uh, apparently, it was teased in the previous issue. It was, because I flipped through it. And... Oh, did you read it? No, I flip I kind of flipped through it. Oh, okay. Because I didn't flip through it at all, so... um. You know they they're they're announcing this ahead of time to create some buzz and some hype for the issue and making it a collector's item so i found you know I found this an interesting news story to follow mm-hmm. because um let's face it, I haven't been reading this book ever since they they aged Jonathan Kent up right. You know, I made him the new Superman. I, I haven't. I just, you know, it's 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 not an interesting turn for the character for me. I, I, I kind of thought they, they needed to keep him younger for longer mm-hmm. because they really could have, uh, you know, uh, uh, dwelled upon him being super boy for a long time mm-hmm. and really done a lot with that version of the character. It's weird how they, how, well, I was about to say it's
1: weird how many characters they've done this to in the Super Family, but they've only done this to two, so that's not really saying a whole lot.
3: Well, you mean aged up or yeah?
1: Because Supergirl also aged up was aged up in the beginning.
3: Oh, I didn't even realize. So you know, it, it's funny because apparently people are I up know. in arms about a character that is new. You know, but because he carries the mantle of Superman, it's a big deal. Right. and they don't think that you know, and they think it's Clark Kent. It's not, um, so everyone wants to raise a big stink about it. One of the takes that bothered me though, and it did bother me, mm-hmm. is is that uh, I think I can't. I wish I could cite the article. It was somebody who was in the know because what they what they said was, it's not Wiccan and Hulkling, it's not uh, North Star, it's Superman. Right, even though it's not the Superman everyone knows, it's still the name, so it's a bigger deal. So and exactly. I'm like, yo, some of these characters have been, you know, blazing trails before uh, uh, Jonathan Kent came out, right. and you're just gonna like poo-poo all of that stuff, right? You know, so like that's what I appreciate. Like, hey, that's not cool. You can't put it like that. I know. I understand the point. The point I, is well taken. I, it's appreciated, but I guess I just don't think. No, but my point is you know my point is I understand what they're getting at because right. Superman is still you know the the name is more recognizable than virtually any other character, sure, even though it's not Clark right I don't know i I would have to read
1: that article, but also the the, the part of thats like yeah it, it almost feels like they're basically said, and I'm just spit firing on base of what you said and saying, so I have mm-hmm. no real knowledge of that, but um like yes, what you said is right, but I also feel like wills. Some I'm pretty sure someone has and will make the sense that, like, well, it doesn't matter with these other characters that you named because there are lesser characters that nobody cares about. And this being a character name, you know, who people claim to care about is, is a bigger deal. You know, as opposed to those other characters you mentioned, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, well, you know what, I'm gonna put this out here anyway, cause it's just a minute, cause I, I know we've been going on a long, uh, a long time, so I apologize. So, a, um, if you are a hip hopper, uh, you will know the name of Kwame, if, you, if you're of a certain vintage, and, uh, Kwame summed up this whole situation just like this
0: old news about Superman. Let me explain. This is Superman. He was created in 1938. His planet Krypton exploded. He was rocketed to the planet Earth, and he became the universe's most mightiest hero. He's also known as Clark Kent. He falls in love with his co-worker Lois Lane, and they get married and they do it. They have a kid named Jonathan. Jonathan is introduced. He's like 7, 8, 9, 10. He starts hanging out with Batman's son Damien. They form a crew called Super Sons. They're running around as ten-year-olds beating everybody up. Then... Jonathan's grandfather, jor shows up out of nowhere and says, I want to go to space, and I want my grandson to come with me. Lois Lane is like, no, you can't take my son, and they go to space together. Jonathan comes back fully grown, and now he is a full-grown man, and Lois Lane remains the same, and Jonathan decides he wants to love everybody, and he likes this boy. Hence, now he's bisexual. Superman is still Superman. Jonathan is his son, and guess what? They're not real. Get over it old news about superman
1: let me explain this is super- <laughs> so that was his take on it now granted this slightly misses the fact that well go gloss over the fact that this well actually shoot this clark uh, lois and john are what uh from a different multiverse isn't it if i'm not mistaken uh, i don't know <laughs> I,
0: I feel like yeah, some I, comic I feel, book yeah, Podcast, I feel, I feel we like
1: they, I feel like they quote unquote killed the main, uh, the the prime Superman and then replaced him with another uh, a Superman of a different multiverse at some point <laughs> oh, in the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know oh. that part doesn't really make any difference. It doesn't really matter, but people are people are crazy, and I know there are people like, it's not my Superman. Well, it's not Superman. It's not it's the son, regardless. Um, so, but also, I guess the the just in, in passing. Uh, so, the thing about this is, it's kind of a deal, but it has got to go there because, like, yes, it's, it's Superman's son as bisexual, but all they, someone from DC hosts, they is like, well, since he's bisexual, bisexual they could just put him in a woman with a woman and just, like, kind of sweep the whole thing under the rug, regardless, because it, he's bisexual and it don't, don't really matter. Whether they do it or not, who's to say? But you know, I feel like that's a, I don't know. I I'm, I'm monster, but i have too biased over it, and I kind of really don't care. Like, good for them though. This <laughs> is good for John. Good for good for good for mm-hmm. good for I guess DC and as a point. But uh, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't care. Cool. It's cool though. Next up, uh, Battlestar Galactica fan builds a full scale MK two Colonial Viper ship. Uh, I had to put this in here. I was going to put it in the in the um. Of uh, the clickbait section, but this was too cool not to. As you can see from the picture, it's a well. I don't know if it's a full scale. I guess it is. Uh, well, it says it is, but I don't know how big those things are in real life. Uh, and it's you're all seen almost almost on TV. But somebody made a scale model of uh, the Colonial Viper ships from uh, about the original Battlestar Galactica, and I guess in some form the, the reboot BSG. Um, uh, the ship is being built by social media user Baz Arm, which probably not his real name, if it is, okay. Uh, and he's been working on it since 2019. This is still a work in progress. We just expect expected to be finished in 2022. Uh, his original plan was to create the ship out of cardboard. We ended up using uh, plywood along with repurposed materials and deluxe and pretty much did the thing. And there's a video attached if you want to see the building in, in uh, I guess, it's building progress. That's pretty cool though, regardless of what he's got now. Like the wings aren't on it, but the what he's got is looks like 80% there with the minus the wings and whatnot. So that's pretty cool. Uh next up.
3: Next, last but not least, uh CBR has an exclusive preview of issue one of the four issue limited series Transformers Special Ops. Team defends a planet-wide race and new series. Okay, so this is this is uh, basically the, that mini series that I was talking about earlier. That was my click of the week. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's so, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. so uh, the Transformers rec- uh, Tread and Circus. Goes, yeah, don't even necessarily have to talk about that.
3: Um, but yeah, that's I was about that. to say we do have a little bit of movie news that I just popped up that that I, I think just popped up uh, yesterday. Okay. Uh, Sam Jackson confirms oh, that yeah. Secret Invasion is filming now with a new photo. Here, hold on, because I actually
1: have that. I didn't put it in there because we had a lot of stuff in. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'll just go ahead and hang over. So, let me, where did I put it? Uh, yeah, here we go. Boop.
3: Yeah, he posted a picture on Instagram. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's him in a shirt with uh, his with Nick Fury phasing out, like oh, I've been being uh, snapped dusted. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess he says, after uh, snap.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, but yeah, and this is while he's uh, filming uh, uh, Secret Invasion, which I think we have actually said that started filming already. So there's that. Did you have
3: something else or? No, that's it. I was, I literally just happened to have, uh, I kept that tab open just to mention that before we closed. Well, uh, actually, I'll go ahead and mention
1: something real quick so we not have to talk about it next week. Um, uh, Black Panther's uh, little T-shirt writing, denies sharing anti-vax rhetoric on set because there was uh, apparently someone saying that she had been doing that on the set of uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever. She denies it, but d- despite some of the stuff she's been saying on in, in uh, on social media, yeah, you don't, you kind of feel like that probably... That probably did happen. Yeah, exactly. So but she put out a post on Instagram um, using a biblical quote that most Christians will use in situ- when they feel attacked. Um, but, yeah. So we don't know. We don't know whether it's accurate. because I feel like it's probably true that she did. And, you know, but what are they going to do in front of that? Because they're not going to take her off the movie because of this. So, pfft. And again, this article said that, yeah, she's definitely said stuff on social media that was uh, anti-vax and stuff. And so she's been getting some uh, water because of that. So, yeah, that's her side of the situation. Go figure. And that, folks, is uh, the end
3: of the news. And uh, we've been at this for a while, folks. So we're going to try to wrap this puppy up uh, with our last ad read of the night. Which is? Oh last I had really nice for Blue Aprons meal delivery service, blue apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can ex- can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today!
1: And as we come to an end of another uh, episode of this here podcast, I'd like to thank each and every one of you folks for coming out and thank you for this uh, coffee for keeping me alive. Hmm. I would plug the place where I got the coffee beans from, but they're not a sponsor yet. Maybe they will be at some point. Who knows? Probably not. Anyway, um... This like I said, um we'll be back next week. Uh I have been Roddy Cat. Uh this is uh, wait, hold on, before I even say that, um we have anything else coming up next week outside of uh, fandom
3: talk? No, I think fandom is the big thing. Yeah,
1: so that would yeah. be news from it's
3: not like it's not like Roddy Cat was it's not like you were watching um Ted Lasso, so we can't talk about the Ted Lasso finale. Well, and also has nothing to do with comics, but so <laughs>
1: Not to say that we don't stray away from that you know here and there, but that's beside the point. Um So yeah, that, like I said, it's just saying to number regardless, uh, I've been Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter, you can find me at NewsNerseed on Twitter, you can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely go check out his Instagram for his uh his in Inktoper uh goodies and if he so deems it, uh, his, um, New York Comic-Con images, pictures.
3: Yeah. Better late than never. Okay.
1: Um, P-C-N underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture network on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com and all those umbrella sites they're in, uh, and possibly bite, um, under, um, comic reviews, no vowels. <laughs> I'm going to stop saying this as one because uh, I feel like it's relevant one way or the other. Um, uh, the Osiris is ish, Tim, D O G G, 98 on Twitter. You can also find Tim at, uh, uh, at CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Comic Book Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, you can also find him at The Click Nation on Twitter. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word. Uh, you can also find him at TheClickNation.com. Uh, and you can also find him at comicbookresourcescbr.com right in his face off.
3: I can actually give you an update on one-time TikTok rival Byte relaunches as Clash, an app for video creators and their top fans. Oh this is a two-day-old article on TechCrunch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Rising from
1: the, from the ashes like the phoenix, I guess. Well, I guess we've got to rebrand, so I don't know if if I mean if uh, uh dirt is going to be on that or I guess continue to be on that or whatever the case it may be. Probably. We don't know. Uh, maybe right. I'll ask him. Who knows? Uh stay tuned. Um but regardless, we we're already giving you some other places. Um like I said, Tim, CBR, uh writing his face off, go to it. Um <laughs> You can also find this podcast on your own on, um, excuse me, on this Coast of the Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find this on your podcast proposal, place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud
3: page. And make sure to hit like, subscribe, and click the notification button and follow all of that stuff and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't mind.
1: And don't be doing that five star and we hate, I hate this program thing. That's just, just wrong. I mean, granted, you, well, no, you might take that back. If you want to do that, fine. As long as you give us the five stars, whatever. <laughs> just don't be dicks. Anyway, um, uh, but, but, but what was I going to say? Oh, oh, um, <laughs> Woo! it's late, folks. And, uh, you can find us uh, recording here every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash theclicknation and also twitch.tv slash chronicles. <laughs> yeah like that we'll be back next week with more goodness probably uh well there will still very much be some uh, more New York comic book news because that's kind of how this, the news cycle works and some of that will be uh, interspersed with uh, DC uh, fandom with whatever comes out from there that hasn't Definitely. already come out so with that uh, this is the comic book chronicles peace peace one
0: Wakanda forever!